Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Good, the Bad, and the Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines, and we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry every week on the Voices of Wrestling Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Reach for the sky, boy! about control your narrative what's son how long has it took for you to figure that out i can't tell you how many times wwe has called us wanting us to come wwe offered us deals next level nxt deal you know what i told him i said man i can do that landscape you worry about me controlling my narrative come on man control yo how many times you don't went up there and try to become a superstar 
that superstar bull. I'm good sitting right here fighting whoever. We got to fight. I never have gone nowhere and I never will go nowhere. I live on this damn farm. Ain't nobody taking me out of here. So EC3, you wonder if honor's real? You want to know why I don't shake your hand? I'm gonna put it to you like this. You don't deserve to shake my hand. This hand right here, Mr. Haramasawa, Samoa Joe, Kinsuke Sasaki. I've locked eyes with Brian Daniels. Shook his hand. I've locked eyes with Tyler Black. All the people I've shook hands with all around the world, man. And you want mosey all in and talk about, hey, Jay, shake my hand. Hell no, I ain't shaking your hand. You don't deserve my damn handshake. People saying, I'm shocked. I can't believe Jay Briscoe won the world championship. What the hell's so shocking, man? I ain't been pending over two years. I dropped the big man on his big ass pumpkin and got the three count. It's simple. It ain't rocket science. It ain't even out. It's basic mathematics, man. It's kindergarten. Kindergarten shit, man. One plus one is two. The grass is green, the sky is blue. Jay Briscoe is the world champion. Never forget it, bull blood running all down my face. I mean, open your eyes and all you see is red. Ain't, a, ain't nothing like that in the world. The greatest feeling in the world. Ain't no rush like that, man. Blood all over your face. Ain't a high like that in the entire world. And believe me, I've done a lot of crazy shit. But I'm gonna tell you one thing. When we get to New York City, that high that we get, when we become the seven-time, seven-time ROH Tag Team Champions in New York City, boy, I tell you, boy, I tell you, man, it ain't, ain't gonna be nothing like that. Greatest high ever. We out this bitch eating Campbell's Chunky. Huh? Shit. We've been working all damn day. Most time we drinking beer this time of night, this time of the evening. We out this bitch eating Campbell's Chunky. Huh? Shit. Think we ain't taking this shit serious. Cause we was out picking up dead chickens like, all day. Hey, shit. Jamin! Hey, who the hell you talking to back there? Shit. You're gonna ruin the whole feed. What? They're Cause not even gonna play this now. Why? Cause I said the F word? Yeah. That shit. We losing 50 grand. You worry about me saying the F word. That shit. Shit, I don't give a damn if they don't play it. You need to settle down. I'm going hunting. We are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Uh, and that was a little tribute to the late great Jay Briscoe. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. A little long, so thank you for sticking with us. But uh, it's hard to cu- it's hard to find. I went through as many of the the Briscoe brothers and, and usually Jay promos. Uh, not many hit the cutting room floor because I was just like, God, there's just, there, there's gold in every single one. There's just so much gold. And, you know, we've, we, we'll, we'll touch on it all uh, here in the next little bit of the show talking about uh, the life and the career of, of, of Jay Briscoe. But, 
man, those promos, like the work is, is one thing and their work is exceptional. And just as a working team, they're one of the best tag teams ever, if not the best tag team ever, the longevity that they have. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on all that. But man, when you just sit down and watch Briscoe Brothers promos for like, I watched it for like four hours today. God damn, is that something, man? They're, 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 they're just incredible at that. Just incredible. Just one of a kind. You know, I, I wrote that article at flagshippatreon.com. Just they don't make them like that anymore. They just don't. Um, but that is uh, it's a little tribute to uh, Jay Briscoe. And uh, we'll do a lot of that here in the first uh, half of the show. So, uh, Joe, how are you? How's it going? I mean, you apologize for that intro being a little long. Um, I could listen to that for the full three hours. I mean, well, good. It's actually sweet. <laughs> I'll just play that YouTube video. Then. <laughs> play that playlist you know, and we'll get out of here. It'll be great. You know, and let's not leave Mark out of this. You know, they, they're just such compelling and believable promos. And, um, you know, their, their promos together that they would film. And I mean, they became the stuff of legend over time. I mean, they're just, they were just so great. Um, and Mark, every bit is Jay, but Jay had that just intensity. <laughs> He had a, we talked about it all the time, you know, because we've had these conversations about the Briscoes and when they'd have a big match or when Jay would have a big match and that, that believability and that intensity. And he was one of the last guys around who, who could really make it feel real. And um, just the look in his eye and, and the words and, you know, he, he, he came across like a scary motherfucker. You know, and it felt and he and he made it feel real and believable in a way that I'm not sure anybody else does in modern wrestling, you know, and, and there have been others in the past that that we've compared Jay Briscoe to maybe a new Jack or, um, you know, I, I know there's others and I'm. I'm just not thinking of him. Right. I've never been there live for like, you know, in, in Stan Hansen's prime, but he's another guy that, you know, comes out in Japan and he's parting the Red Sea because people are just diving out of the way to get away from the guy because he's a maniacal madman or whatever. Sabu, I don't know. Did Sabu have that for you? It's a di- yes, but it's a different kind of, of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, um, you know, Jay Briscoe really made you believe he was going to kill the guy across the ring from him when yeah. he got his hand, when he got his hands on him. Right. I, I wrote know, that piece that like, if you weren't there, if you never saw a live Briscoe brothers match, it was, it, it's, it's impossible to describe it. Those that saw it and felt it and were there know it because there was just this palpable energy and nervousness. Every time they got in the ring, like, God damn, these guys are going to do something. I don't know what that thing is going to be. I don't know what it is. I just know it's bad for the guys that they're facing and we all have to be on our toes because we don't know when this action is going to peel out here, when they're going to dive into the crowd, what they're going to do. You just you, there was just this weird sort of I mean, in a good way, weird in a good way. There was just they came out and it was a different energy. Yes. Eric Stevens and Davey Richards just had a really, really fun match before, but you didn't feel weird. You didn't feel energy. You didn't feel nervous when Eric Stevens and Davey Richards came out to the ring. But when those Briscoe brothers came, when you heard those gunshots, you knew, oh, fuck, man, <laughs> something's going down. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited and I can't wait to see what it is. And and that 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 was awesome. There was an authenticity and realness to it. There was, th- this man was not a cartoon. Um, this man um, didn't come across like he was doing a character but he was, 
You know, and that's one thing that I think we've learned, which makes it all the more impressive what we've learned over the last couple of days and all these testimonials and the, these amazing words that people are speaking about what a great person this was and how he'd give the shirt off his back. And so many people saying how soft spoken and to be able to turn it on and have that believability and make it feel so real and have that intensity and make it feel like he was going to kill that guy across the ring and how he was coming to a fight. You know, his promos, this is going to sound weird. They were almost too good in a way because then there were times where I would watch Jay Briscoe wrestle and it would be disappointing that he was selling, you know, Mm -hmm. like on the intensity of the promos and what you expect from him. And then he'd get whipped into the ropes or sell. And it's like, it is almost his promos were almost too good. Cause you don't expect that kind of bullshit from Jay Briscoe, you know, man, he just, and, and you know, Rich, it was June 3rd, 2015. When I sent that tweet, that said people are going to watch Jay Briscoe tapes in a hundred years and wonder why he isn't considered an all-time great. And that was eight, almost eight years ago that I sent that tweet. And I absolutely believed that by 2015, he was one of the greatest pro wrestlers to ever walk this planet. And all he's done since then is eight more years. Yeah of still being great. And if, and, and last year proved that, and there were years where the Briscoes were kind of lower profile ring of honor may have been struggling. And there were times where we talked about, are the Briscoes done? Uh, you know, is this it? And I think 2022 answered that question for us. Could they do physically what they did when they were, when they were 25 years old? No, but uh, did they, did they master all of the other aspects of pro wrestling? with maybe some slight decline in athletic ability. Yeah, they did, you know, and um, I don't know how you could watch those FTR matches last year and not think that (laughs) these guys may have been peaking 21, 22 years in even eight years ago. I considered this guy and all, and I, and I don't don't know if, you know, you ask people to name the all time greatest wrestlers, it might take them a while to get to get to Jay Briscoe. And that's bullshit because I truly believe he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And and we've talked about that before. This is not a new conversation on this show or between me and you and to our audience. But I think it's time that we put him in that same class with his promos. Rich. If you transported this guy to the territory era with these promos, he'd have been a millionaire in 1983. I mean, he's just a total package. He could do it all. Baby face, heel, obviously tag team, promos, violence, high flying, making it look authentic. There's an authenticity to this guy that he was able to channel that so many couldn't. And it, it, it's, and and as far as the tag team, you know, again, let's not leave Mark out of this. As far as the tag team, and we've had this, it's so funny because we had this discussion almost 10 
years ago. Seven, eight, nine, ten, however long ago it was, we had this discussion as to whether they were the greatest in-ring tag team of all time. And all they did was add almost another decade to that in terms of longevity and output. And there's a real argument that they are the greatest tag team of all time. And man, it feels like they would have had another 10 years in front of them. So as far as Jay Briscoe, the performer, I mean, just about peerless when you take it all into consideration. I mean, I really believe he was that great. And that's an eight-year-old opinion. I mean, you'd, you'd watch Jay Briscoe wrestle. And we'd, listen, me, like you, and maybe a lot of other people listening to this, we'd fall out in and out of Ring of Honor. There's times where that company wasn't all that interesting. And then you'd watch and you'd see a Jay Briscoe match, and, it, and he would just instantly remind you how great he was. And you'd be like, I am watching one of the greatest pro wrestlers to ever walk this earth. That's how I always felt watching him. That's what precipitated that. That's what motivated me to make that tweet in 2015. People could probably look up the match and see which match spurred it on. But I mean, as a performer, you cannot, it cannot be overstated. And these aren't new conversations here. No, it, it it's and it's something that we've we've discussed for years and years and years, like you said, and and I think that point that you last brought up is is a great one because there would be times where I'd be out of Ring of Honor, I'd be you know indifferent about it or whatever, but then something would grab me back, and that something was usually a Jay Briscoe promo or a Jay Briscoe match or whatever. And two examples that I thought of right on, right 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 when you were describing that, one of them you heard in that in that uh, intro. Where he's talking about, you know, I'm not, I, you don't get to shake my damn hand or whatever. He's talking about EC3 because he faced him on the 19th anniversary show. And that was in the midst of the pandemic when in March of 2021, Ring of Honor still running their shows and filming all their shows in that random event center in Baltimore or whatever. No one's there. They're empty arena shows or whatever. We always talked about how Ring of Honor did it great. Ring of Honor was probably the best in terms of how to handle the pandemic in terms of wrestler safety and 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 taking the wrestlers' families and 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 lives and and stuff, you know, in into consideration. The flip side of that was it 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 probably destroyed their business because they they just they, they paid people for months, didn't run anything, were super careful, super you know particular about everything they did, and it it killed my interest because it's like I don't really want to watch these empty arena Ring of Honor shows. They felt like death. They felt like there was just nothing to them. And then that he's, I remember watching that EC three promo. That, that Jay Briscoe cut and I was like motherfucker he did it again <laughs> like I've got to, I to watch this show I got to it's the 19th anniversary it's Ring of Honor like I've been with it since day one who am I to not watch this show come on get, get into it and, and I remember that one got me because that promo is spectacular if you've never heard it um, yeah I, 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 I was able to find it pretty easily but I was, I was looking through a bunch of different places or whatever but EC3 Jay Briscoe probably the best to look at 19th anniversary show Jay Briscoe that's how you can find it because I even had to clip some parts of it out because it's very it's, it's even longer than that that's a great one. And then also the, the one that came to my mind again, where, you know, falling out of Ring of Honor, and it also kind of pertains to the pandemic as well, was the Briscoe Brothers match in the farm. With oh, Papa the farm Briscoe. fight. Farm fight. The farm fight. And it's like you and I are both 
we're, we're on record as saying the cinematic matches can hit the fucking bricks. You know what I mean? I got no time for people saying, ah, the Bray Wyatt thing. John Cena's in the NWO shirt because he turned heel. Okay, I got it. I don't care. The Broken Universe stuff hit the bricks. And if you don't think so, go back and listen to the shows we did when those things were happening. We are very consistent that those cinematic matches and all that shit, no time for it. So when I heard that these guys were going to have a quote-unquote cinematic match, I was a little like, I don't know, I'm kind of over these. Yeah, it's the pandemic. I know there's not a whole lot of things you can do. So, okay, fine, whatever. Then you watch these promos and you're like, "Ah, all right. Then you watch the, I mean, it's fucking spectacular. It's great. That is so far and away the best fully out of the ring cinematic, whatever the hell you want to call it, whatever you want to classify those types of matches blows away. Undertaker and AJ Styles blows away Bray Wyatt and, and, and John Cena blows away the freaking swamp match between Braun and Bray blows away all the broken universe stuff just blows all those things away that match is spectacular I don't even know it's a match I don't know what we were watching but it didn't matter because those guys they talked into the building and then it happened and it was awesome and it, it was it was exactly what they called it the fight on the farm <laughs> just these two and, you know, fucking just... brothers and the dad saying all right you guys are gonna have to settle it in the farm and like like i'm sure he said numerous times i'm sure that's not the first time that he said all right guys fucking fight each other and settle this and then after you know and the match is over and they just fist bump and it's on and they just they move on with their lives and they're all good they're all good afterwards and that it's perfect it's just so perfect and it, it, it that that match spoke to exactly what, like and you mentioned the authenticity uh, of the Briscoes, in particular Jay Briscoe, but but Mark right with him as well. And I think that's why this wrestling death is hitting me harder than it's hit pretty much any other wrestling death. Because, and you touched on this uh, on the Thursday Dynamite review that's up at uh, flagshippatreon.com right now as well, is we'll come on to these shows and when a major wrestling figure dies, we'll do our tribute show. And that's fine. Like, we, I enjoy doing them. I kind of like doing them. I don't like the fact that somebody died. And that's why we're doing them, but it, it helps us kind of educate. It helps us. It helps m- me learn a little bit more about these wrestlers. It's hopefully there's somebody listening that's never heard of this guy or is looking for matches or whatever. I kind of find them. And like, it's nice to recognize their careers. Right, right. I find it like a fun little challenge of like, okay, well, now I got it today and tomorrow. I'm doing research on X like today and tomorrow. I'm I'm digging into Kamala. I'm digging into, you know, Corporal Kirshner or whatever. Like, I don't see it as like, uh, you know, some people get really sad about every wrestler death. I. I don't mean to be like cold or calculated or whatever, but I don't necessarily know if I feel that same way uh, about it. And even growing up, like I don't know that Eddie Guerrero or Chris Benoit hit me like it hit a lot of other people. Like the, the Chris Benoit one was more just like, holy fuck. Like it made me not want to watch wrestling for a little while just because I was just, I, it, well, I wasn't sad or, or, or I was just kind of like weird. You know, it just felt very different. And I stopped watching wrestling for a couple months afterwards because I was just like, I just need a break from this this thing. This thing is, is weird. But it didn't hit me on that emotional level. And there's been numerous wrestler deaths that have happened over the last 10 years of us doing the show or whatever. And I've been at dinner or whatever when I've gotten a text about a wrestler dying. And and it's always just kind of, you know, I look down, I'll, I'll tell you know the nurse, yeah, yeah, this, this wrestler died or whatever. This time, I looked at my phone and I didn't say anything for like five minutes. And the nurse looks up and she's like, are you okay? What's wrong or whatever? And she's like, why are you being weird? Or like, what, what, what's up with you? And I just couldn't, I was like paralyzed and I've never felt that way about a wrestler death before. I've never felt that same connection. And I think it's a few different things. And I, and, and I know that you kind of had similar thoughts and I think a lot of other people, you know, ha- have kind of echoed these similar thoughts as well. On one hand, I think he's has to be, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking of somebody, but he has to be, or at least you know, he he's he's on a level uh, among uh, pretty much on his own of people that I've watched their entire careers. Like I've wa- I watched his entire career, 
every from the the first match he had in Ring of Honor in 2002 until his final match, I watched it all over those 20 years. I've seen the guy live more times than I could possibly count. I go into Ring of Honor shows, being there a lot. I've seen the guy a ton of times, but I've watched all of his career, all of it. I've seen it in totality, so I think it hits a little different from that standpoint. Of this is a guy that I saw when he was 18. And now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing him pass away at 38 with a family and, and, a, and, and the whole time I've grown with him. I'm not that much different in age. You know, I'm just two years younger uh, th- than he is. So I think that hits a little different than when I'm 26 and some guy that's 55 dies. It's like, ah, you know, I it, it's also the 50 being 38, the tragedy of it, that sort of stuff. But I think this is a little different, too, because there's also that authenticity that you get with the Briscoes that I think we all felt like we were, we knew them a little bit more than we did insert wrestler X. Their promos were always cut at their house on the chicken farm. They talked about their lives in one of the videos I talked about there. His wife, Jay Briscoe's wife is yelling at him. You can't say fuck. They're not going to air it. And he goes, Oh, cause I said, fuck, fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, it, it, it kind of broke down those, those wrestler fan barriers a little bit but at the end of the day they still were performers and like we saw we see with jay he was still playing a character to a lesser you know mark eh. (laughs) you ever met have you ever met mark outside of uh, a wrestling i never met either one of them okay um mark is mark that's all i'll say like the the mark briscoe you get is the mark briscoe like that's the best way i can uh i've only i only met them like one or two times outside of like a actual wrestling event or whatever and jay is exactly as people describe he is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet a down-to-earth guy a you know he still has that energy about him he still has that badass energy about him but he's not a he's not a maniac mark i don't know mark is mark is mark like (laughs) <laughs> when I met, I was like, "Yeah, that, that's okay." There's not a whole lot of, you know, you know, he, you know, he could have, he could have still been on because you're a civilian. You ever uh, think of that? You know what I mean? Uh, some wrestlers are like, some wrestlers maybe. are like, but uh, people have. If if you hear any of the discussions yeah. when they talk about Jay, like yeah. nobody says, "Well, yeah, Mark was." That's always like, "Well, Jay was so much nicer than people thought." And Mark, it's like, "Yeah, well, Mark's Mark." So I, I don't know. I, I, I love it. I love it. It's it, great, but um. There was that authenticity that 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 they have that a lot of other people don't. So when when you know you hear that news that he passes away, it felt like you were a part of that family a little bit more than any other wrestlers. Insert wrestler X here, you know, yeah, you, you're a fan of their matches, you're a fan of their promos, you know, maybe you bought a T-shirt from them once, maybe you shook their hand at a table, but we saw all of it from the Briscoes. You know what I mean? We we all lived through their entire. We lived from them being 18 years old, starting out. To where they are now with full giant families. We know their dad. We know where they're from. We know what their chicken farm looks like. We know what kind of cars they drive. We know everything about these guys because they let us in that entire time. Their entire careers, they let us in. And that that just it and and was done in such a way that it think that's a big part of why it hit me different than it hit a lot of other wrestler deaths. Is like, God damn, this is it feels like a part of all of our wrestling fans, people that, that followed the Briscoes, followed, followed Ring of Honor, it felt like one of our own in a way, more so than a lot of other wrestlers felt. And and I think that yeah. hit me. I think the age hit me. The family aspect hit me. It was just everything came together. And I was just, I've never felt that way about a wrestler death before. And I don't know that I'm going to feel that way about a wrestler death again, the way I felt during this. Because I, I just, I don't, get that emotional i don't get that it's just like all right that's a part of the 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 game whatever like move on 
this one was different. Uh, this one just, it, it, it rattled me. I, I felt like shit for like 48 hours afterward. I still, even before, honestly, that intro, listening to the intro, I was smiling and laughing. And as people in the chat room were going nuts, that was the first time I felt like, ah, you know what? This is going to be fun. I, I'm going to enjoy, you know, reliving some of these memories and, and, and maybe smile a little bit because I've just been in a funk. I've just been in a cloud ever since. And, and that doesn't happen with wrestler deaths ever. Yeah. I mean, it hit me on a different level when I thought about his family, you know, and I, I talked about that on my dynamite review today. And, um, I didn't expect to, to lose it, but I did. I could not hold it together. Um, you know, cause I just, you know, I think about those two little girls and it's still awful. Yeah. That, that, and what they may have witnessed and yeah. and and the one that may not ever walk, the other one in rough shape, and I hear she's doing better, the younger one. Um, you know, and the son, that poor kid, I mean, you know, he might feel guilt for you know, the old survivor's guilt, or could have been him in the car. And that wife, you know, that's without her husband and um, it just makes me think about if something ever happened to me mm-hmm. and leaving Brittany alone, you know? So that's why I kind of lost it behind the paywall. And um, cause I, that's why this one hit me different too. I just, I just thought about it from that aspect and uh, you know, and then everything else on top of that. And um, it's just terrible. Cause I, you know, I, you know, I think about mortality a lot, my own mortality and all those things. And just when you hear the way people talk about him and you, you feel the weight of the words in the heart, you know, it's, you know, the, the way people talk about him is just a little different. And, uh, you know, if he was, if there's any sort of consciousness or anything post death or he'd care way less about the fact that he's not alive and he'd be way more concerned with, with that little girl who can't walk, you know? Oh, for sure. He'd give up anything and to, to let her walk again or, or, or feel better or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And you just think about stuff like that. And then, and, um, you know, it'd be the same for me. And just, I feel, I feel so much for that for his wife left behind with this and those kids. And and that, that's where it really hit me different than these. And, and, you know, I'm, I talked through this on the other audio I did, and I'm not going to do it all over again. And, um, but, but that's where it really hit me different. And, you know, I think also a lot of the things you said, but also why this one might be a little harder for some people is, I, I, and I wrote about this a little bit somewhere, maybe on our discord. And I'm going to try to paraphrase what I had to say there, but you know, I, I think in a lot of ways that, that, that this industry as a whole failed him. Um, we, we all know the tweets, which by the way, are almost a decade old. Um, and look, he, 
it, it's very obvious to me that that today, you know, whether you believe that was him then or not, that wasn't him today. I mean, yeah, he apologized multiple times and he donated pay and all of that, and and all of his peers backed him. Then they back him today. All, and you know what really strikes me is all of the, um, all of his peers from the you know the LGBTQ community, who have who have spoken about him and 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 have backed him. And you know those people didn't have to say anything, but they knew the real Jay Briscoe and they did speak. And again, the weight of their words. You know, if you go read some of those messages, these aren't boilerplate rest in peace messages. These are people who had a connection with him. And that's the thing. You have to read them. They're not just R.I.P. Jay Briscoe, 1963. You know, you could feel the heart behind what these people are saying. And I'm not going to long. There's notes apps. It's 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 pictures of him with them. It's it's not just. RIP, you know, we lost a good one today, you know, and that doesn't mean that I'm not taking away anything, you know, from people that, but people feel compelled and people have felt compelled over the last two days to just write these long, long tweet threads and, and notes apps and stuff. And that speaks to it too, that they can't wrap up their emotions or their thoughts on Jay Briscoe in one line and say, you'll be missed, you know, man up, heart. RIP. Yeah. Like, it's not that. It, none of them are that. They're long. They're paragraphs. They're about, hey, this time he did this, or I'll always remember when he did blank, or, oh, you know, he, unforgettable moments doing blank. It, like, they're all, like you said, they're all from the heart. They're all with the chest. He, he, he's, everybody's saying it from the chest. Feel the weight, the right. weight. And, and to me, it's the ones from his gay peers. And I'm not going to run them all down like a checklist of the gays. You know, we've all seen them. We know who the people are. The tweets are out there. But, you know, I cannot. You can feel the heart for what these people are saying. And I cannot buy that this was a hateful man. I I just cannot. And, you know, the people I trust who did know him tell me the same. And um, he absolutely should have been given more chances. And I know that Tony Khan tried his best. And it's just what's even more sad about it is you really get the sense that with the new Ring of Honor and everything that he was really on the cusp of maybe the most financially lucrative period of his career and the most high profile run of his career right on the precipice of that. But it shouldn't have taken this long and it should have come years earlier and you know, maybe a lot of this is hitting me harder too, because on my, you know, much smaller, much less significant level that I can relate to him in that way. Um, but, you know, and, and I know it was the network standing in the way and, and in this particular instance, but, um, you know, we gotta do a better job for giving people, and letting people show you who they really are. We have to do a better job at that because if we don't, then, then what's the point? Yeah. What's the point of any of this? What's the point? Listen, we, we have to try to be more understanding because then what's the point of even apologizing? What's the point of learning? 
What's the point of growing? What's the point of trying to be a better person? If we're just going to throw people in the trash when they make a mistake, then we're going to ostracize them and, and, and paint them with the scarlet letter and they never, they can never get it off, never get rid of it. Always have that millstone so around their neck the entire, yeah. the rest so of their then, life. So then what's then really, what's the point of any of this? And you know, it's not, a, this is not a cancel culture rant. Okay, please. That's not what this is. And look, here's the big thing too. You want to be a skeptic when it comes to apologies. You want to be a skeptic when it comes to public comments. You think that people like Jay Briscoe or Jay Briscoe himself in 2013, and you just apologize and say things and donate money to save their own ass. Listen, you could be skeptical of that stuff all day long. Okay. I get it. I'm going to tell you though, what's real and what not, and what cannot be faked. The words these people have written about him, the things these people have said about him, the people who knew him, and the things that they're saying over the last couple of days. And again, in particular, the people in that LGBTQ community who, Rich, they they could simply say nothing. But the words and the heart and the weight behind those words. And I feel like that's why this one hurts a little more too, because I think this guy got a raw deal. I think, um, I think the industry as a whole failed him, and um, and it 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 really it's so frustrating because I I feel like he was right on the precipice of completing the arc. Yeah, right on the precipice of completing the redemption and coming all the way back. And um, now he doesn't get the chance, you know, and on top of everything else, it's just said. And I, I just would plead to people, you know, culturally, we went through a period where, you know, a lot of band-aids had to be ripped off and, and a lot of things happened for the better. But I think it's time we start to reevaluate how we handle these things. And we got to give people a chance, man. And we got to try to be more understanding and, we got to be able to forgive, put ourselves out there and be willing to be burned, quite honestly, and, and let people show us who they are. Otherwise, again, there's no point to any of this. There's no point. I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote about that, too. And I talked to a few uh, um, people in the, in the community about it uh, as well of just like and every single one of them, 100 percent, every single one said like, yeah, it, after that. Every time I saw Jay, he would go out of his way to say, hey, you know, just again, I apologize and I'm I've learned this and I understand how stupid that was and how dumb I was. And, you know, if I ever do anything like that, call call me out again. Teach me. Let me know. I want to learn. I want to be better. I I will do anything I can to, you know, to be better, be better educated. I have no problem. You know what? Maybe because no problem. Just, you know, yeah. How did it affect you? Like the the back and forth too. not just the hey, I'm going to give you my apologies and then I'm out like. Hey, how did that affect you? I'm sorry. You know why? Why did that affect you? That that's sort a hundred percent of them all all had those exact same words about their conversations, their run-ins uh, with Jay and you and 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 you you know you guys read some of those over the last couple of days uh, th- that have come out. And again, like you know, when those sort of people are telling you, "Hey, this guy made a mistake, but he's better for it, and he's learned, and he's he's grown," you know, it's okay. It's okay to listen to those people. It's, it's especially the people in 
that community that are saying, hey, I talked to the guy. I know the guy. We've discussed it. We're, we've we've hashed it out. He's cool. Like, don't don't keep give him that piece. Let him have that piece. Don't you can take the millstone off. And a lot of people just never did. And 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 he died you yeah, know, yeah, with you, that piece you know, never being maybe, there. And maybe it's because he just did his shit privately and he didn't broadcast it to the world and he didn't try to get roses thrown at him. You know, maybe that's another piece of this. Uh, and, and he, and, I mean, if you do remember, he did publicly apologize and they took the ring of honor title off of him and he talked about the donate. He did that, but at that time, you know, it wasn't good enough and it wasn't good enough for most people, you know, and, at that, the final and at that time, and at that time, maybe you had a right to be skeptical. Sure. That's fine. Sometimes these things do take time, but, um, again, you could be skeptical of that you could get out your little red pen, your little red apology pen that people love to do when people are up there trying to make amends and make things better. And maybe, you know, not everybody knows how to apologize the approved internet way. And we all see that then they get raked through the coals again and it's horseshit. And, um, you know, you want to be skeptical of his, of him in 2013 and what he had to say, but what you, as I said, what's authentic and what cannot be denied and what clearly came through in the last two days is I don't see how anyone, anyone can believe that this man had hatred in his heart after seeing what all these people had to say about him. I, I cannot buy it. I can't. I can't. And to me, it's very obvious that he had redeemed himself with the people who knew him, which means in, in a lot of ways, this industry ultimately failed him. And, and that's what's sad about this too. You know, even up until yesterday when, you know, according to Dave Meltzer, you know, the, the network would not allow a full-on tribute for this man. Yet, you know, two hours later, they'll trot Dana White on TV saying verbatim, <laughs> sometimes it just feels good to slap somebody. Right. That's... So, you you know, try to weigh those morals. I don't, I don't get it, man. Well. I don't, I don't one, get one it. guy, one guy will make them more money than the other guy. I, I you know, just don't there's get a risk it, assessment but, and it, it's financial risk assessment for some. And it pisses so. me, you know, it, it pisses sucks. me off. Yeah. It's, it's, it's trash. It's not right. You know, they, they, but I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I, you just, you hope that the older daughter who, Doctors don't know if she'll walk again. You, you hope that that it all turns out all right for her, and she is able to to walk. And you just you hope it works out for this for that family. You you, you think, but it seems like they're all very close, and they'll have tons of support. You know, and you worry about Mark. No one's I, talking I, about I, I Mark. Didn't wanna, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt when you were talking about no, his family, but I've thought about Mark a lot. Because this isn't just his brother. I don't know if Mark wants to keep doing this. You know, right. who knows if Mark wants to keep doing this. And, uh, you know, they never wanted to separate, you know, because Mark never did anything wrong. You know, and I think that gets lost in this a lot. And he often got lumped in with Jay, but Mark never no. made any kind of tweets like that or had any kind of controversies or anything. And, um, you know, and I'm sure at some point they could have done their own things and, and I, I don't know if maybe 
who knows if he could and I'm sure he's not even about that yet. And that poor guy, his birthday was the next day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Like, yeah, it's awful. So forever he's gonna he's gonna associate his birthday with his brother's death, you know, and um I'm sure he hasn't even thought about it, but maybe he won't want to wrestle anymore, you know? And, you know, as I think about Mark and Mark has what, seven, eight, nine kids or something like that. So you think about all those nieces and nephews and, and, you know, we learned so much. I did anyway. I learned so much about this family over the last two days and how their father was a football coach in town and how their mother was on the school board. Right. Right. Let's go brother. And how, and how school uh, shut down wife. Yeah. Yeah, because Jay's wife also worked at the school. Jay was a the junior, was a assistant coach at the junior high. I mean, these these were people who were in the community and 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 loved. And like you said, they shut down the school. You know, uh, the school system. You know, and it gives you a whole new perspective on who they were. And and again, circling back to the top in terms of his professional life, it really makes his performances. In particular, his promos, even all the more impressive because he wasn't that raging maniac, but he was able to channel that and and make it feel real and make it feel authentic. And I'm sure if you crossed the man, that would have came out of him. He he knew how to come across like a scary motherfucker. You know, and and I've often said, like, you know, he's one of the few wrestlers today, maybe the only one where – now I'd be terrified if, for real, if he cut a promo on me. <laughs> I just, you know, those like, eyes, the eyes. Yeah. He'd always those eyes the always eyes got you, and, and, and the words, and just the complete zero zero percent bullshit, zero percent bullshit in those words. You know, I I love quoting Abdul James line about Don Mattingly. You know, hundred percent ball player, zero percent bullshit. Jay Briscoe, hundred percent wrestler, zero percent bullshit. You know, and and you, the more you learn about the family, and the more you learn about him, guys, just raising a family like everybody else. Nice guy, nice family. They're all doing things the right way. They work hard, and um, sometimes just the shittiest things happen to the wrong people. You know, thirty-eight years old, young kids, yeah, just. It's just a different perspective on this one. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw that. Um, you know, the day he died, like a couple hours before, he he sent out a picture. He was in his backyard or whatever, and he just like God is showing off or something like that or whatever. No, I'm not a religious guy, obviously. The rainbow, the rainbow yeah, over yeah. the pool. But but even I take out the guy. If you don't, the God aspect doesn't isn't it? It's just the peace and tranquility of my backyard. You know, this guy that's worked his ass off on this chicken farm <laughs> while also being a pro wrestler or whatever. And there's this beautiful backyard with a pool and a, and a, and a basketball hoop and chairs and, and all this sort of stuff and a rainbow coming across of it. And then a couple hours later he dies. You know what I mean? And, and that, yeah. that pool will never be, it'll never feel that they'll, that entire family will never be there to enjoy all those things ever again. And that fucking sucks. That just guts you when you see that. Like I, when I saw it, it was like, uh, oh, okay. Well, you know what? The guy accomplished everything he could possibly accomplish. So that's you know that makes you feel good. But then you're just gutted, thinking they'll never that that will never be the same again. That 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 image, that photo, that just never again. And that just sucks. And it just ugh, 
Uh, I'm not, you, you know, I know you are, are somebody who thinks about your own mortality. I don't usually, but days like that and, and, and a picture like that and, and, and what's gone over the last four days has made me think about that a lot too. And I'm not usually that way. So it's, 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 it's tough. It, it's, it's, it's really, really tough. So, um, I want to do at least before we, we transition to something else, talk about the good aspects of the Briscoes and, 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 and what we can kind of learn from this and, and, and as terms, in terms of wrestlers, if you're thinking this week, all right, once I kind of feel all right and I wanted to start watching some of these guys or maybe you're listening to this and going, man, I never knew the Briscoes were that good. You guys are saying they're one of the best tech teams ever. Is that really true? Fuck yeah, it is. Are you kidding? Let's let's there is hey, so much know, stuff Rich, to watch. Someone somebody asked me yesterday. I got a text message yesterday from someone that said, um, you know, I watched the the FTR matches. Um what else should I watch from you know Jay Briscoe's career? And I thought about it for a second and I texted back all of it. Yeah, his career. <laughs> Just watch he's, his he's, career. Everything is just great. I like, I couldn't, it's not even, it's not even a matter of not being able to narrow down. You know, they were just, he and, and they were just always great when they were young guys, just doing insane shit. And then the early run in Noah, and then obviously the whole ring of honor run, uh, the early part of the ring of honor run. And then, the later part of the ring of honor run where they're, you know, they, where they've really fully fleshed out their personas and, and a lot of like similar, you know, these promos that you played at the top and the, 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 the Jay Briscoe singles run, you know, where they pushed him to the top as a singles guy. And he was, you know, a world champion twice. And unfortunately it came right around the time where he had his controversies with the tweets. So they had to take the title off him. Um, those singles matches are incredible. It's just a, a a 20 plus year body of work, particularly with the tag team, but do not sell the singles no. work short either. No. He was a great, great singles wrestler that quite honestly might be unmatched historically in terms of they might be the greatest tag team of all time. And this is not the death talk. And I mean, Rich, we've had these conversations of how, they're 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 we we went through and tried to find teams. They're they're peerless in terms of longevity, and they were peerless eight years ago. Right. The, o- the only one we longevity. came up with, the only one that we talked about in ring wise that that matched them was the Young Bucks. And at the time, now both those guys have you know both those teams have continued to add to the resume over the years, but the Briscoes have a head start by a lot of years from these guys. So the Young Bucks might catch up now over the next you know decade or whatever. But goddamn it, in 2015 to today. The Young Bucks can't catch up because the Briscoes are still going and they're reaching higher highs than they've ever reached. And they have the, a couple year head start. So it's it's unmatched. I mean, I, I ran the numbers, you know, looking at cage match ratings uh, for the piece that I wrote at, at flagshippatreon.com. And of all the Briscoe Brothers matches with a nine plus rating on cage match, you have matches from 2002, 2008, 2007 and 2004. Those are elite. Nine plus is the elite of the elite. Some of the best matches of all time. You have four different years there with multiple matches in those four years. 2007, one of their best years. And obviously 2022, one of their best years ever. We'll talk about that uh, here in a moment as well. You extend that to 8+. plus, 8+, plus cage match rate. Yeah, that's a really, really fucking good match, right? You now add 2021, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015, 2011, 2010, 2006, and 2003. 
Nobody has that body of work of that longevity and that sustained greatness. Nobody. You're never going to find a team for nearly 20 years that was good the entire time. And guess what's happening in between some of those years, particularly between 2011 and 2015? Jay Briscoe's having great singles matches during those times. 2012, 2013, and 2014, he's having great main event level singles matches in that exact same period as well. So it's just, you talk about Jay specifically, but that team, I mean, they're, they're just unmatched in terms of the longevity of being as good as they've been for as long as they've been. From the first time I saw that guy in 2002 it, until the final match that we we all saw in Ring of Honor, just great. Just just sustained greatness that, that I don't think many people can match. I don't think a team can match it, and I'm yeah. not sure any other individuals can match that that sort of longevity. It, it just... It just, I mean, if we're just, you know, if we're just talking about the wrestling, it just bothers me so much that all of their peers eventually got to do it on true national television. You know, it's uh, I think he that Jay Briscoe would be viewed a lot differently in an alternate universe where he got the same opportunity to do it on that kind of stage. I, you know, I truly believe he's one of the greatest of all time. I believed it for a number of years and I, I, I don't know. You know, how many, I don't know if I can name 20 guys who were better than him at this. Um, it's, uh, and as a, and as you just laid out as a tag team, you know, if you, if you're going to consider longevity, cause you know, you look at some of the other great teams and, and we did a whole show on this years ago. Even if you combine both versions of the midnight express, what are you talking about? Seven, eight years or something like that. Right. I don't even at, think it's at 10. Most. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. And it's definitely not 10. And that's two different teams. Um, no, because you know what? Like 83 to, they didn't go to 93. Right. But like eight, 83 to 90 that's or something a long time. like that. That's a long time. You, and that's you, a long, you put that into context. Like 1983 wrestling to 1993 wrestling is a very long time. That's a hell of a but time. It, These motherfuckers again, from 2002 had, to 2022. I mean, think about how different wrestling is in that period. Yeah. And again, that's two different teams. That's not even one team, <laughs> right, right? You know, and that that's that's swapping out Stan Lane for for Dennis Condry, and uh, you know the Young Bucks. You know the, the the discussion really is the Briscoes versus the Young Bucks, and you know they've had their share of classic matches together and great matches together, but those are the two teams, and you really struggle to find anyone else to enter the conversation. Rock and Roll Express, okay, but that was on and off. They had times where they didn't get along. They had times where they didn't, you know, wrestle together much. And now, you know, it's great that they're still going, but they're obviously, you know, older guys. So I don't know. I, I don't think so. Road Warriors, how long were they together? You know, probably not 10 cons- consecutive years. Um, again, with them, yeah, maybe, maybe about 10 years, so 83 to about 90, what? Two-ish? 92 is when so, it kind of all fell apart and and, and let's hawk. say 10 years because yeah. it's about 10 years that's fair but that again that's half the time and and not nearly the quality even though you know the road warriors were great in their own you know distinctive way and but again you know when you again when you throw in the longevity aspect of it i mean these guys they just cannot be touched um and they were, and and the and the shame of it is they'd still be going. And I really believe they had a lot more in front of them, and 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 quite possibly, and 
you have to think the the most high high profile run of their career was in front of them. It was finally in front for Jay Briscoe. It was finally he was on the precipice of it. Finally, and and then this happens, and he, he you know and as I said earlier, he doesn't complete the arc, and it's sad. That that aspect of it is sad too. Um, you know, say it sucks. This all sucks. The whole thing sucks. Um, and we'll see what happens with Mark. If Mark wants to keep doing this, I don't think anyone would be opposed to him winning that ROH world title with a J driller in the center of the ring. You know, that, but you know, that's, that's just silly wrestling and, and, but you know, sometimes the obvious story is the right story and you just do it. I can't think of anything more obvious than that. No, yeah, I I, I've had a tough time even thinking about that because it's like, man, this dude just lost his brother, his best friend, his coworker, his, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, who knows? How, if the guy wants to wrestle again, great, ima- but I can't even imagine him thinking about that for even a second over the last couple of days. I'm sure he hasn't. And could you imagine the first time he steps in a ring without his brother? Could you imagine the first time he steps in that ring without his brother? I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I. I have any two people been more synonymous with no, each other and, no. and throwing the fact that they're family and, and, you know, less than a year apart in age, you know, by a few days, you know, with, with Mark Briscoe being born on the 18th or whatever, and, and Jay's birthday on the 23rd, you know, so by 300, they're 360 days apart in age. And, um, which again, reminds me of my kids, you know, they, kind of the same deal it's just all yeah this is this it's terrible you know and i i don't want to do that thing where you compare deaths it's all terrible but this this one just it did affect me different it really did and I, I I did tweet this out. Uh, usually, obviously, I don't use our Twitter very much anymore. But I did I I did tweet this out, and and I mentioned it in my piece as well. And I just wanted to make it clear to everybody. And we don't, I don't I never like spoiling our match of the year thing. I never like doing that. I always like telling people I'm not gonna. I, people ask me, come on, you can tell me who's I'm, no. I'm never telling you who's gonna finish first. I'm ne- until we release those results. I'm not telling anybody anything. You know, I know, and one other person knows the results of match of the year until until it goes live. Nobody else knows. Not a single other soul knows that. But when I le- at, at, when I heard about the news and I looked at the results of what had come in so far after 135, I think, ballots or so, which I hopefully we are going to set a, yet another record uh, again in 2022 here with the 2022 match of the year. Th- there was no chance that this match wasn't going to finish first, and I just wanted to make it clear to everybody that it wasn't just because all of a sudden now a bunch of people said, ah, hell, I got to vote for these guys. No, 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 no. These guys are going to win the 2022 match of the year, their dog collar match with the FTR. They're going to win this not because Jay died, not because of any tragedy, because they had one of the best fucking matches of all time. They were 400 points in front of everybody else. 20 minutes after, you know, you know, the, 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 I, when I heard about the Jay news, that's where they were. They were so far ahead of everybody else. And now that's probably going to get farther. And I don't know what's going to happen with the other matches or whatever. I will say the Supercard of Honor match was when that news came out a couple of points away from number two. It might be there now. I, I, I haven't checked in a couple days. 
But these guys are going to, and, and I just want to make it clear to people that it's not a death bump thing, thing because I, there's nothing, I'm not taking anything against that. Like there's nothing, there's no problem with that. Like if a bunch of people just decide, you know what, fuck it, this match takes on a little, but there's always that weird, you know, it, there's a caveat to it to some people of, oh, okay, well, you know, people rallied behind this match because it, no, 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 it, nothing. Cause this match was fucking great because this is one of the greatest matches ever because this was clearly the match of the year in 2022. That's why that match is going to win match of the year. Not because of Jay's death, not because of anything else. That match was going to win before he died and it's going to win after he dies too. I just wanted to make that clear to people just in case, because there's probably going to be a situation where they're probably going to go into the wrestling observer hall of fame this year or next year or whatever. And it's bullshit because they probably should have been there years ago. They put a, should have been on the ballot years ago, but they might go in now and There'll always be that little bit of a, ah, yeah, well, you know, after Jay's death, like, you know, then, then, no, I mean, these guys should go in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame because they're one of the best fucking tag teams ever. They should go in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame because Jay's an incredible wrestler and Mark's an incredible wrestler and they deserve it. And I just want to make it clear to everybody that they won their match of the year this year because that match on its own merits, not because of anything else, not because he died, not because of any tragedy, not because a bunch of people felt bad or felt compelled to now vote for him. No, that thing was going to win no matter what. And, 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 and I found that. And cathartic's probably not the right I, I don't know what I felt but I just wanted to make it clear to everybody that no these guys earned it and and that's in what they had one more match afterwards but in what will be the highest the last high profile match of 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 the Briscoe brothers and the last high profile match of Jay Briscoe and that's I don't know. I don't know how to describe that but that's it's 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 equal parts really cool that he goes out like that with having one of the best matches ever and having the match of the year, or whatever, but it also it, it's also a tragedy too because, like you said, it felt like that was the beginning of what was going to be their 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 perhaps their biggest run, their final run, or whatever, and it all got taken away. We never they never are going to be able to complete that arc. Jay will never be able to find that piece and complete that arc uh, of doing it on the biggest stages, and that 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 sucks. It absolutely sucks. So it's 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 comforting and annoying. It's 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 it makes you feel good. And it makes you feel awful at the same time. So. I don't know. That, that's kind of how these 48 hours have gone, pretty much. So, I don't know. I saw that guy wrestle so many times. Um, you know, obviously going to all those Ring of Honor shows all those years and everything. And, um, you know, sometimes you have wrestling memories burned in your head that you can just replay like a DVR. You can see it in your mind's eye, right? And, you know, I obviously, like anybody else, have a bunch of those. One of them for me, and I have photographic memory of this, is on uh, February 25th, 2006, on the fourth anniversary show, the Ring of Honor fourth anniversary show in Edison, New Jersey. And that was the show where the Briscoes returned to the company. Remember, they left for a little while. And it was a three-way match with... Sal Renaro and Tony Mamaluke and Jason Blade and man Mikazi, kid Mikazi. And um, they got introduced last to Briscoes and their music hits and the place just comes unglued, right? Because they, they were unannounced and it was their big return to the company. And I will always remember their entrance that night, you know, stalking around the ring and just soaking it all in. And the energy for their return that night. And that's one of those wrestling memories that's a little bit different that will always stick with me. Right along with watching Okada pose in Madison Square Garden after he won the title from Jay White. 
at Supercard of Honor or, you know, a bunch of memories from going to the ECW arena and um, being at SummerSlam, you know, the year that, that, that Bret Hart um, won the title from The Undertaker and earlier in the night, um, you know, watching Stone Cold Steve Austin get helped to the back after Owen Hart accidentally broke his neck. Like I, I can replay all of these thing, all of these memories that of shows I was at live. They're they're in my head like a DVR recording. I remember every detail. I know who I was with. I know, and that's one of them. When the Briscoes returned to Ring of Honor on that fourth anniversary show, you know, and I I would often think about that and when I'd watch their matches and and then I saw them wrestle countless times. Obviously, after that, um, you were at the Ladder Wars, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wearing, wearing a Briscoe Brothers those- shirt. Wearing a Briscoe Brothers shirt. <laughs> as well and i i, yeah, I mentioned that at one, one of those point, similar moments for you yeah at one point uh jay i mean he was a bloody fucking mess in that match all over the place and uh yeah they're, they're, i got some briscoe brothers blood some jay briscoe blood on my briscoe brothers shirt it's it's I believe it's at my parents house I'm, i'll try to find it next time i go there but uh uh yeah it's it's that i mean that that match and there's there's a multitude of ones i mean i saw those guys live so many times that it's hard to pick out because like you said there's an aura and energy and like like we were trying to describe for people that were never there for a Briscoe Brothers match there's just the room felt different when they came in there was a nervousness about them like oh shit here we go <laughs> like oh no shit's going down now and it always did shit always went down you know it always fucking went down uh w- w- with those guys and and that you know that that made it just a different aura so um I don't know that I can pick out like one specific. I mean, I, I watched them in the ladder war. Uh, I watched them against the Motor City Machine Guns at, at that Good Times, Great Memories a couple months before that. Um, they had a match, I want to say, a couple years later against All Night Express. That was awesome. Um, when those guys were on the top of their game and Kenny King and Rhett Titus were on the top of their game, like I just saw so many big time great matches with those guys. And, 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 just every time it was like you, you couldn't go to the bathroom during a Briscoe Brothers match. You couldn't go, oh, let's go see what's going on at the merch table. No, you're not leaving. Are you kidding? You're not getting up and going. You're 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 watching. You have to watch those guys. And it was that way from the moment that I saw them to, to, to the final time that I saw them live. It was just you 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 just had to watch those guys. They just they 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 made you pay attention. They made you watch. They made you stand up and 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 give them that attention. And and, and they always earned it. And they always earned it, and they always delivered. I mean, the, the work ethic of those guys. I know, um, you know, Brian Alvarez talked about this on Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave. Is that you know they worked at Defy Show, and he's backstage with Matt Farmer, who we've had on on shows before on Voices of Wrestling or whatever. Matt Farmer does you know books for Defy and a big part of that that entire company. And and Matt and Brian looking at each other and like thinking guys like what are you doing you don't have to try this hard like it's just a fight like people are just happy they're seeing the briscoes you guys don't have to go out there and whoop you know kick you know they, you don't have to go out there and, and, and kick it into high gear and and, and give a 110 percent like who can, it's just a defy show guys it's fine just go in there do your spots and get out of there and then he's you know he said they got to the back and the first question was to the briscoes to matt and and 
you know, Brian was there, but specifically to Matt was like, hey, what'd you guys think of the match? Did we do okay? Did we do okay? And I'm like, yeah, you did okay. What are you talking about? Like, we, didn't, we were just booked you because you were the Briscoes. You didn't have to do anything. Like, yeah, you busted your ass and you did incredible. Like, of course. And he said, like, they were just working their asses off. And I, I never saw a Briscoe Brothers match, ever. Never saw one live. Never saw one on tape. Never saw one in Noah. Never saw one in New Japan. Never saw one at All In. Never saw one at Warrior Wrestling or whatever that I didn't say, God damn, those guys gave it 100% every single time. Like, think in your head, can you think of a time when you saw the Briscoes and said, ah, yeah, all right. Meld it in. Yeah. Meld it in or, you know, didn't give max effort. Never. No, no, absolutely not. And that's why I said you couldn't go to the bathroom. When when they came out, you're like, well, shit. All right. Even if you wanted to. It's like, fuck, I'm not going to the bathroom. Something's going to happen. They're going to kick ass. It's going to be a great match. I don't know what I'm going to see, but I'm going to watch it. You couldn't leave. Can't yeah, miss a you know, Briscoe even, Brothers match. Get out of here. They'd go to those Crockett Cups in the modern NWA and work just as hard. Fuck yeah. You know, when, when a lot of people don't exactly work their hardest in, in that company. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. They, they and uh, <laughs> it's just the, you, know, you, you think about the promos. It's just the one I love is when he's, <laughs> they're talking about, uh, uh, you know, Davey Ridd, you know, the, the famous <laughs> Terry Funk line with the yeah. Terry Funk ain't wearing no mask piece, which by the way was a Mark Briscoe line. Mark Briscoe said that he line. did. He did. And then Jake and then Jay repeated it. You know. Um, they were just so th- their cadence and their their chemistry and how they would finish each other's sentences and how once the promos got going, Jay would get all fired up and 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 just go on what you knew was not a pre-scripted tangent and 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 uh and shitting on his opponent and mark would just pepper in those little comments yeah right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> or just a little comment you know yeah. and, and oh just, my and bad yeah in that one in particular that. in that in that pro in particular for people that haven't seen it so they they're, they're ranting about davy richards and all those guys saying like oh you focus now oh, we ain't got time to be focused we're trying to get shit done we live on a farm like we ain't got time to yeah. focus we're too busy doing work or whatever so as yeah. the promo's going on all of a sudden you hear a loud gunshot and it's because yeah. mark has fired a shotgun at a bottle of liquor that he finished because he's in the background drinking the whole time he's got this yes. bottle of liquor i don't know a whiskey or, or i don't know what it is exactly i don't even know if they say it but he's back drinking stuff and all of a sudden you see him in the back and he puts it on like a hay pile backs up and shoots it with a shotgun and jay goes like damn so what you doing and mark goes oh my yeah. bad i thought you were finished it's like what? and this is all and and this this entire one man oh it's jim play. beam because he says you finished that gym or you killed that gym yeah that's right it was jim beam i apologize thank you yeah and this entire one man play of mark briscoe <laughs> is playing out while jay briscoe is cutting a promo right in the foreground and staring in the at the camera staring into your soul yeah and Mark Briscoe's in the background having a one man show, like put like, <laughs> and and you know normally it would be, sometimes he would have like juice boxes, or like uh, like uh, cookies or childlike <laughs> food items that he would consume, while Jay is ranting like a maniac, and 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 you're fearing for the life of whoever he gets into the ring with, and Mark is such a I don't want to leave Mark out of any of this. He's such a key component to it. You know, and uh, those promos are just, you really could get caught in uh, 
in a wormhole of those promos and just watch them. I think there's a playlist on YouTube. Yeah, Someone yeah, put yeah, them all together yeah. one after another, and they're just so great and they're so brilliant. And, and they really would have worked even better in another time. I mean, I can only imagine those same exact promos, you know, on Memphis TV or in continental or, um, in, 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 in Dallas or insert the territory of your choice. Um, they really would have worked well in a place like Memphis where they would, you know, play long form pre-tape things like that at times. Um, but if you don't think Jay Briscoe could stand at a podium and cut a mid Atlantic style promo, you're nuts. I mean, the guy, he would have worked well in any era. It's crazy. He had that old school promo ability and he's just incredible talker with the whole prototypical, you know, two thousands work style which he was better at than 99.9% of the guys who, who came up in his era and, um, and, 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 and perfectly transitioned and evolved in, into what pro wrestling is today. And they excelled in Japan, you know, bell to bell and, and were successful in Japan and were always made champions wherever they went. Yeah, just, just so great. Everything about them, you know, and everything about Jay was just so great. Yeah. I, I mentioned that in my piece as well is that, you know, I'm probably not doing this show. Yes, it was, you know, the CM Punk John Cena thing that made me literally create voices of wrestling or whatever. But like my fandom without Ring of Honor, and we, we talked about this before. We talked about it when Ring of Honor went out of business. We talked about it when Tony Khan bought Re- Ring of Honor is that without Ring of Honor, I'm not watching this shit anymore because I was done. I was ready to be done. I was over yep. it. None of my friends were watching shit anymore. And I was like, why am I? St-? I was the last hang around of all my friends. And they're making fun. Why are you still watching wrestling? And I used to think, I don't know why I don't like I, I it hit a, it hit me and I stayed longer than other people. But at this point, why am I still doing this? And then I had somebody that I, I, I met talking about wrestling online was like, hey, have you ever watched Ring of Honor? And I said, no, I don't know what that is. And he goes, all right, I'm going to send you a bunch of discs and, and, and give it a try and see what you think or whatever. So in the mail, two or three weeks later, I get a bunch of data discs, you know, CDR data discs or whatever. All classic old school stuff pop into my computer. And, and the first thing I watched was the era of honor begins. I said, well, you know what? He gave me the first five or six shows or whatever. I'll watch the first show. Here we go. The first match, all right, I, it didn't do much for me. It was like uh, the fuck, uh, what was that? for? I wrote about it in the piece, but I forget what that first Ring of Honor match was. Not exactly the best foot forward for Ring of Honor. Like I, I, it, it's, it's miraculous I stayed through. Um, let me get the exact yeah, match. Yeah, the Christopher Street Connect. Yes, Christopher yes, Street Connect. Hit Squad versus, versus Christopher Street Connection or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. This, yeah, I don't know if this is going to do it for me. The next match is Amazing Red. And Jay Briscoe. And yeah, now I regret I regret to inform you Ring of Honor is canceled after the Christopher Street connection versus <laughs> yes, the hit squad. Man. Right. Yes. Not exactly the best foot forward. I'm thinking, man, all this dumb shit on major American, you know, I, I just want to watch guys wrestle. I, I became a, a, a work rate one, nerd. That one might not make it to the new honor club, and the Jay Briscoe Amazing Red match might end up uh, retroactively being the right. First people match might think history. that was the first match in Ring of Honor history when, when it's all said and done. Which honestly, for the better, that's fine. But that I, that I stuck with it and said, "All right, well, what's this?" And what I saw there was fucking. I mean, it, the match itself—they've both guys. Amazing Red has had a thousand better matches. Jay Briscoe has had ten thousand better matches than this one. But it was the looks that these guys had. The style that they worked, the handshake before, they're both wearing, I, Jay's wearing like his his wrestling gear, you know what I mean? Like his nerdy wrestling uh, attire. Singlet. The singlet. His singlet, yeah. yeah. Like Amazing Red's wearing the biggest quadruple XL shirt and his fucking bandana and his baggy pants or whatever. And I'm like, what? And then they just did shit. They, it was just a spot fest. It's not that good, but it's a spot fest. 
And that's what I wanted. I didn't know that's what I wanted out of wrestling. And then I saw that it was like, okay, this, this is different. This is not what I'm getting from WWF or WWE anymore. This is not what I'm getting. That was it. It was the only game in town. ECW was gone. WCW was gone. All I had was WWE. And I was like, they're not giving me shit. This is kind of interesting. This is kind of fun. And that was it. I was hooked. I was like, all right, well, let's, let's see what we got here. And the rest of the, that Air of Honor Begins show is pretty damn good. It's got a great main event. The next few shows for Ring of Honor, all pretty damn good as well. And 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 yeah, the, you had the Christopher Street connection and the, the backseat boys and all that sort of stuff. But sure, but you had the Paul Londons, the Amazing Reds, the Jay Briscoes, the, the, the Brian Danielsons, the Low Keys, those, the Christopher Daniels, those sort of guys. And that was like, all right. That's what I want out of wrestling. And from that point forward, from 2002, from that moment I watched The Era of Honor Begins and watched Jay Briscoe and Amazing Run, from that point forward to today, that that's that's why I'm a wrestling fan today. Because I was ready to give that shit up. Because there was nothing for me anymore. And it's right there man. with you. You can't pop on the WWE Network. I mean, I had some DVDs and some tapes or whatever. And you can only do that so long. If I didn't know that this entire world existed, I mean, bam, that was it. Era of Honor Begins, it began for me. And from the rest of that point forward... That's why we're here now. So, yeah, and you're, you said you're right there with you. So it's like, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, that was a dire time, you know, uh, for me as a wrestling fan. I, I'd fallen out with WWF during the Attitude Era, and ECW was dead, and WCW was dead. And, I, you know, when TNA started up, it was a little too goofy for me, and Japan wasn't exactly red hot at that time. And, uh, yeah, I can confidently say that, if it weren't for ring of honor, we might not be sitting here doing this show. I might've found other shit to do. I, it definitely kept my flame alive till about, you know, through, through that early, you know, through about 2005, 2006, for sure. It kept my flame alive. It kept me going to live shows, which I had stopped doing. And then, you know, when Ring of Honor had their hot period from about 2005 to 2007 or so, which GSGO was obviously a huge part of, that really reinvigorated my love for all of it. you know. And then I got back into my Japanese tapes and was really into Noah at that time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and I, I made you know what, what was weird about it is like when when I stopped when when all my friends stopped watching wrestling in the you know, early 2000s or whatever, and I was the last one left or whatever. Once that Ring of Honor started really going and I started saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to start going to these shows. I started making new friends. And now I have friends that I'm still friends with that I was like, you know what? I need wrestling friends. I don't need friends. I need wrestling friends. And I've made wrestling friends. I found coworkers. I found people that I talked to on message boards. I found people like people that lived in the Chicago area, people that I saw at shows or whatever. And I became friends with those people. And that, that, that kind of completely changed because nowadays pretty much – I want to say about 100% of my friends are wrestling fans in some way, shape, or form. Eh, maybe 95. There are a couple that aren't. But they'll, they'll, if I say, hey, I'm going to a wrestling show, they'll go with me or whatever. They're not They're not completely opposed to it. But like, that's that was the turning point for me. It was to say, like, you know what? I'm just going to make friends that like wrestling. <laughs> like, that's a lot easier than trying to you know hide this hobby that I have. Fuck it. I'm just going to find friends. that. Li-. And we went to every single Ring of Honor show in Chicago from about – I don't know, mid 2004 until about 2010, I was at every single Chicago Ring of Honor show. Nothing, nothing could stop me. If I, I I'd plan vacations around, I plan it. I'm not missing a show because you couldn't miss a show, especially in that you talk about that 2005 to 2007 era. 
think I'm going to miss any of those shows. Get out of here. Those no, you shows were no. fucking awesome. So yeah, it was like, and, I yeah. canceled everything. I was, I, I canceled, I'd have girls that would Hey, you want to go on a date? And I, I wasn't dating much, to be honest. That was a rare occasion yeah. to go on a yeah. date. I was like, fuck no, I'm not available that Saturday. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm busy. I had to lie and be weird. And they probably were like, well, this guy's a weirdo. I'm not going to date him anymore. Why is he being so sketchy about this Saturday? Fucking great times. Great. Good times. Great memories. That Saturday. I'm not yeah. going out with you. Like, Man, hey. <laughs> man, up to Saturday. I'm going to hang yeah. out with you. Get out of here. You'll get drinks and talk. No, I got to watch the Frisco's and Steen and Generico. Get out of here. Let's face talk. it. Let's face it. Let's face it, Toots. We're not getting married. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, like, right. Exactly. Yeah. This, you, you know, still <laughs> like man up and man up stayed with me. It's still with me. I wasn't going to marry that girl. I don't even know her name. Screw her. Yeah. I think it was I Melissa. Mean, and, and, Whatever. Beat it. And for me, I mean, I lived in right in that vortex. So for me, it was like you said, you had to go to all of them. So whether it was Hammerstein, whether it was Philly, whether it was Edison, New Jersey, you know, so I was getting hit from all sides. I mean, I considered driving to Boston a few times, never did. Um, but you know, and, and yeah, that def- definitely kept the flame alive and all, you know, uh, Briscoe's a massive part of that. And, and really, you know, because of some circumstances, um, they're really the quintessential ring of honor wrestlers. They were there from beginning to, to, to literally today. Mm-hmm. And the one constant, everybody else eventually was able to move on, you know, like we alluded to earlier, um, you know, but I think about, you know, earlier I said, someone asked me for Rex and I just, <laughs> I just texted back, just watch everything. Yeah. Um, but some of the ones that stand out, I mean, um, you know, the match against, um, well, the Nakajima Abushi match in Noah. That just watched one that for one sure. right before we got in the air here. I just watched that one. The Katero Suzuki Ricky Marvin match from Noah for sure. I mean, that whole Noah run, like around 2007, 2008, you really can't go wrong with any of them. Um, the, the, the singles matches, you know, the Adam Cole fight without honor, I think it was. With the with the uh, with the with the thumbtacks in the mouth, the, the Jay Lethal match, um, uh, the 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 fight on the farm that we talked about, I think you know that would be right up there. The the obviously all three FTR matches, but everybody you know knows that the 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 ladder war, the uh, with with Steen and Generico, um, but they had other great matches with Steen and Generico. That was hardly. Their only oh, great yeah, match they had a ton. They against had a Steen and Generico. I mean that that feud is probably one of the more underrated in ring feuds, you know, of that era or this era, whatever era you want to consider it a part of. Because people think of the latter war. I mean, fuck, man, you could argue that wasn't even their best match with 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 the matches that those teams had against one another. Um, you know, and I I don't want to leave. You know, I'm I'm trying to just. S- spray to all fields here with eras and places and um, singles matches and, 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 and stuff from Japan. Um, how about when, you know, they, they wrestled the Kings of wrestling and, and, and those were um, big time hyped matches. And um, cause I they were I just mentioned the all night express ones too. Like you might think like yeah. Titus and Kenny King. I'm like, no, I'm to trust me. Those guys went out there and beat the shit out of each other. Those are great matches. Great series of matches. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The for uh, sure. Uh, world's greatest uh, tag team. What the hell were they called on the uh, Shelton and Haas? They, I remember live watching that match. 
uh, what the hell were they called in Ring of Honor? I, I'm blanking on the name of of of. Weren't um, they just called World's Greatest? They weren't called World's Greatest. Tag I, th- team? I don't know if they were still World's Greatest Tag Team, or they changed names or whatever. But they had a, a series of really, really good matches as well. Really professional you know, ass matches because Charlie House wasn't going to go out there and go through ladders and shit. So they just went out there and, and wrestled. You know what I mean? It was like a wrestling match you know them and shelton benjamin and hostel you know they they didn't go out there and 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 go through ladders and go through tables and go you know go nuts or whatever they just had matches and they were good at that because they were good at fucking everything no matter what the type of match was whether it was a match against the young bucks whether it was a match where they had to go through tables and thumbtacks or just had to be a wrestling match they could do all of that stuff yeah and shelton and haas when benjamin and haas came in they had great matches against kings of wrestling i could think of one in particular uh, maybe match it. Maybe it's match and not matches. I, but I, I know for sure. Um, you know that was a big deal to Ring of Honor at the time to get Benjamin and Haas to wrestle. You know, uh, Castagnoli and Hero, and to wrestle the Briscoes during that. What was that? Probably around two thousand nine or something like that. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish. But and we're probably leaving out so many, which is you know why I say you really cannot go wrong with with watching Jay Briscoe wrestle. You really cannot go wrong with watching Jay Briscoe cut a promo. Uh, any, a, any time, any era. Just find something, click it, and watch it. Yeah, you'll be fine. There's no, there's no real, you know, downtime and and um, in his career and, um, you know, just an all timer, an absolute all timer, and you know that's not the death talking. You know, we, we've talked about this before. This guy. An all-time great who was about to really get his due. And um, you know, you just you just think about Mark, think about those kids, that poor little girl who may not walk, and the wife and the father, and how close that family is. Yeah. You know, they never really the family never really made it up my way to the shows I went to, but you know, you hear stories of how. I guess they went to some of the Philly shows. I don't really remember seeing them though, but you hear stories of how, you know, they would just, the Briscoe family would pack these, the front rows of these buildings for these ROH shows too, you know, and um, how close and tight knit they were. And Jay had the football background and you could just look, I don't know what position he played, but he looks like a free safety to me. I mean, the way <laughs> yeah, he moves, a little lean, the way a little, he's yeah. built. Good, you good know, lateral and, movement. Good. Yeah. I'm with you. Sounds about I right. I could see him being a hard hitting free safety or maybe even a, a running back who just, you know, runs super hard and is a pain is just a total pain in the ass to tackle. Did you ever play football or no? Uh, I never I, did, but I I played like I played like rec football, right? I never never actual tackle, but I know exactly the person that you're talking about. There there was yeah, always yeah. a guy that you're like that guy's the running back or whatever, but then you I couldn't don't take him down. To, yeah. <laughs> right? like you, you're like and it's not and it wasn't always the biggest or strongest no, guy. Sometimes he was, was like a skinny was, short guy and you're like that's the guy, but you couldn't fucking tackle him because he was just an asshole. <laughs> he just wouldn't go down. We would we would play teams you know, and, 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 you know, it's like, man, it, it, it just, as a defensive player, you just hated that, like tackling certain guys. It hurt, <laughs> it hurt to tackle certain players. That's the, that's the kind of energy Jay, like Jay Briscoe, you watch him wrestle and it's like obvious that he had a football. He's one of those guys where the football background was obvious, just the kind of athlete he was and the way he moved around, you know, Mark too, for that, for that, uh, for that matter. You're absolutely right about him being like the free safety. Like he reminds me of like insert grindy white free safety that just drives his head into everybody. You're Adam Archuleta's. Yeah. You're uh, 
in Chicago, your Gary Fensix, your you know, insert, you know who I'm talking about, like that. Rich archetype. with the Gary, the Gary Fensick. Gary Fensick, yeah. I love it. You know, I was gonna say Chuck Cecil. The <laughs> Chuck Packers Cecil, there you go. Yeah, yeah, like, there you guy, go. Like, that that's Jay Briscoe. That's who he just put know, his head that. down and just run through you with his head down. It's like, you know. Yeah, you know, like, that, you don't want to catch that, a pass when that you see that uh, you see that guy coming at you. Put yeah, your hands out. Fuck that. I'm putting my hands down, man. I ain't catching that ball. Get out of here. Get those alligator arms coming <laughs> yeah, across I'm the middle on, on, on Jay Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. And Mark was probably the strong safety. So you got them both stalking you down. Yeah, you don't know part of that. But uh Man, you know, just a, yeah, an incredible John Lynch. athlete. That's that's I I didn't want to do Adam Archuleta. Adam Archuleta was a nice nod to you, but uh, yeah, John Lynch, same thing. Yeah, they're all the same ilk, but Lynch is probably <laughs> the Lynch is probably the most the best example. I mean, we we pulled Gary Fensick and Chuck Cecil like the old men <laughs> right. that we are, but John John Lynch is the you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Lynch, Lynch would be what we're trying to get at here. We missed the obvious one somehow, but. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the idea. Basically, not Jason Seahorn. Yes, that, that's <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> not not Jason Seahorn. More Ronnie Lott than than Jason Seahorn for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, what a wrestler! What a what an athlete! What a promo, man. There's not gonna be another one. There's never gonna be another Jay Briscoe, man. I don't. Never. I don't know. He's. Uh, I'm just. I, you know. Now I'm just cycling through his matches. Because uh, I'm seeing if I missed any, you know, running through the obvious ones or some. Uh, I tried to give some not so obvious ones, and there's just so many. It's just so, so stupid. <laughs> because they wrestled everybody. Like we, they, they re- look at all the great teams of the era. You know, the Young Bucks. Um, they they wrestled um, uh, Red Dragon. They wrestled, like we said, the Kings of Wrestling. They wrestled, uh, you know, Shaomichi Fuji and Kotobushi. <laughs> Yeah, you know, everyone that came the through. The Rookie Doi and Shingo. <laughs> Austin Aries, they Robert re- Strong. Hey, they wrestled Okada and Nakamura. <laughs> right. You know, they, you know. They, they, All the way to Kyle know, Fletcher and Mark Davis. You know, their final match is Carl Davis and Mark Fletcher, I believe. Or not, not, maybe that was their, no, that wasn't their final match, but 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 pretty close to their final match. Aussie Open, you know, that's another through line that you can yeah, go to. It, it's, they wrestled everyone, right, through all the big teams all the way through today. And, you know, it would have been great to see them on AEW television wrestling all those great teams for the first time. And, and, and some of the others, um, you know, they never really got to wrestle the bucks again. And I, I don't know the last time they wrestled the bucks, um, but you know, they, they surely would have had a chance to wrestle them in a high profile spot. They even did an angle with the young bucks after one of the FTR matches. Right. So it's like, um, you'd have to think that that was, um, you know, coming down the pike somewhere again. Um, you know, so, you can't go wrong. You could throw a dart at the board and and land on a great Jay Briscoe match. Right. If it was a good wrestler from mm-hmm. the years of 2002 to 2022, there's a good chance the Briscoe brothers or Jay mm-hmm. Briscoe had a good match against them. So you and go. you know Jay Briscoe during his singles run was was so so great. But you know a lot of there are a lot of people who think Mark was even better. Now I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. But Mark had a very interesting singles run during those years too. And he didn't, and that's really where Mark's Mark kind of took the gimmick in a different direction. And they they really became two different people during that era, around 2012. Right. That's when Mark was two, hanging out in the rafters and screaming like a, you know, he was he became kind of a 
more of an Appalachian kind of person. Yeah, yeah, a little more of a wild man from the mountains type of thing or whatever. Yeah. And that works because, I mean, look at him. It's it's, it's Mark Briscoe. But yeah, it it, it was interesting that they did feel like they were distancing themselves from each other a little bit. And and they still. They, They were. Yeah. That's where the split came, really, you know, and. And and in terms of of how they presented themselves, and and it remained that way even when they 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 came back teaming together. You know, I'm just going through these matches again. You know, they wrestled the Von Erichs last year, Marshall and Ross. They wrestled uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson in Impact. They wrestled. I mean, if you were any kind of a prominent tag team over the last 22 years, you got in the ring at some point with the Briscoes. It's just, just, it's, you know, um, uh, the former Super Smash Brothers, you know, the Dark Order, you know, you know, Uno and Grayson, you know, they wrestled those guys a bunch of times. Um, you, you know, it's uh, uh, the kingdom. They just had a great match with the kingdom, you know, last year. Last maybe year, that year match before. rocked. Yeah, that match was great. Forgot about that um, match. So. You know, it, it's any team over the last 22 years, any style, they can brawl, they can fly. They flew a lot when they were younger. You know, Mark Briscoe, you know, the froggy bow. I mean, he 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 crafted his own distinct style when they went singles. You know, when Jay was getting the singles push. Um, you know, they wrestled uh um they wrestled Grills Destiny. You know, they had that New Japan run where they won the IWGP titles there in 2015-ish or 16-ish, whatever that was. So they wrestled in New Japan plenty. Uh, you mentioned the Motor City mach- Machine Guns. Um, yeah, so I don't just know, Rich. Do you have anything just left watch to something. say? Just watch something, yeah. Uh, just say, just take some time this weekend, watch something, and, and, and hopefully um, just appreciate, yeah, how, how great he was and, and, and also – you know, I think it's good to get a little mad that that he never did get that piece and never got that redemption. And and you know, especially when you watch this, you know, show whatever it's going to be on on YouTube or whatever, and and just know that you know it's not for some some fuckers at Turner. This that would have been on Dynamite this week, but you know, it's fine. Someone said the American Wolves. You know, that's obvious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One. And, um, yeah. I mean, they're good. So yeah, I guess you know they filmed a tribute show after dynamite this week which is going to be on the honor club for free and i'm sure they'll do at some point a full-on jay briscoe tribute on one of the ring of honor shows where there's no real corporate overlords to to shut it down or whatnot i'm sure they're going to do something you saw all the wrestlers wearing the armbands um so uh, i can't you know i don't know when that's going up but i can't wait to check it out and you know, I don't know much about it. I didn't. I didn't read any spoilers or what. Yeah, they I'm did. just gonna go I, in I completely wanna... blind. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to know anything about it. I'm just gonna go in blind and, and see what happens. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. And um, I don't know. You have anything else to add on? I got nothing. Um, Jay Briscoe. Yeah, I got nothing. You, you. Uh, if you want any more uh, about this, I, I wrote a piece, as I said, on, on flagshippatreon.com. Uh, going over some of the stuff uh, that, that we discussed here and, and a little bit more. Uh, and you did a uh, a bit on the Thursday Dynamite review at the beginning of that. 
um as well so if people want that that's at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling voice wrestling.com slash patreon which or, you know a lot of people are telling you know i'm getting some feedback from that and a lot of people are saying yeah joe i hope you're good i hope everything's all right i didn't want i did not want that audio to be about me i i i i and and i appreciate what everybody's saying but i really tried to just tie you know the feelings that i felt and tie it back to jay briscoe and his family that's all i meant to do with that audio so um it's not about me my family's fine you know i if i gave people the impression that everyone's fine i'm fine britney's fine the kids are fine you know what you know i i it's just we had a you know, whole family strife over the week yeah it, it happens and it's something private i'm not going to talk about but it's nothing nothing even in the universe of this i did not want to so just to be clear and i don't think many people took it this way but that i really did not want that audio to be about me i was just trying to make it personal and and tie it back to to how i felt about this and why this situation this horrible thing that happened to this family hit me so hard and um and tossed and tossed in some personal anecdotes and um so i just i just wanted to clear that up too because um i was getting a little uncomfortable with some of the feedback that that i was starting to get from that so um i just wanted to clarify uh but but um anyway no, and, and and you touched on it a little bit there, and and we're not ones on this podcast ever preach and and do that sort of stuff. But wear a fucking seatbelt and don't drive distracted. That's that's all I have to say. You know, put the fucking phone down. Nobody cares. Put the goddamn seatbelt on. You're not cool. You know, we don't on. know why that we don't know why don't that know. lady swerved into the lane yet, and that's another victim here. And she was 27 years old, and 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 she's no less important than Jay Briscoe is, and 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 she has people who are in her life who are, who are going to grieve her and and she was far too young to die as well and we don't know why she swerved into his lane and maybe we'll never know um but you know at five o'clock in the afternoon and a, a young person who you wouldn't think had health problems and maybe something maybe she blew out a tire maybe there was something in the road but and at 5 p.m., you don't necessarily your mind doesn't go to drunk driving. Maybe if it's two in the morning, you think, all right, maybe someone was drunk, right. you know, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to play detective, but it's hard for your mind to not go to a distracted driver. And maybe she was, you know, looking at her phone or answering a text or changing a song or whatever. And anyone listening to this is lying through their teeth if they say they've never touched their phone while they're driving a car and and. It's, it's something that just we should all be more cognizant not to do, even if it doesn't turn out that this was the case here. You know, it doesn't hurt to talk about it. And, and it's something I feel strongly about. And, and on my audio today, I, that's the personal anecdote I mixed yeah. in. And and, um, and it made me emotional talking about it. And and because it's a shame and, and, you know, people shouldn't die when they're 27 or they're 38. And um especially especially as senselessly as that if that if that turns out to be the case that's it's so senseless and um you know and it's something that i hope um people think about the next time they're in a car and you have that compulsion to grab your phone and we've all been there yeah and we've all done it earlier today you're lying if you say you haven't right and, and and I I nearly did it, and I was like, but no, I just thought about you know because all day I've been thinking about that, and, and I I got part of my drive, no one around me, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? And I, I, I reached down, I'm like, what am I doing? Stop. 
just don't do it. It yeah. can wait. And, and this day and age, I mean, new cars have Bluetooth, slightly older cars. You got the aux cord. There's really no excuse, you know? And if you don't happen to have a vehicle where any of those things are options, it can wait. It can, it can fucking wait, you know? And yeah, turn on the radio, go listen to if, some sports radio and, and, and roll the windows down. It can wait. You'll, you'll be fine. So there is no excuse, you know? And if it can't wait, pull over. That's all, you know, it's, and it's, uh, I'm not going to repeat what I said on my yeah, other audio, sure. but it's just, it's just something that, you know, in my family, it's a point of emphasis. It started as a fun thing that has now turned into a point of emphasis. And, um, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe it'll get through to some people who listen to us. And I, I, I don't like being a preachy guy. No, I, no, no. I, and yeah, I, I, just, I didn't want to do that either, but you know, you know, but maybe, maybe some of our listeners will think twice when they compulsively reach down, you know, we all have that habit. We're well, all, and, and this all... is unrelated, but you know, when, when you know, discussing seatbelts and distracted driving and stuff, like we were talking on, on our discord about things and, and people are like, yeah, always make sure you wear a helmet when you're, you know, riding a bike or whatever. And I don't, I don't wear a helmet when I ride a bike and I ride all the time. And I'm thinking, why, why, why do I not fucking No, I'm an idiot. So I went and bought a helmet, you know, it's just like, yeah. so sometimes you need those reminders of like, yeah, why am I being dumb? Who cares? Oh, I won't look cool. You know, fuck, who cares? Yeah. Wear the damn helmet. <laughs> you know, I can't trust other people. You don't know what other people are going to be doing. I don't want to die riding my bike, getting hit by a car. So that's not, it's a terrible way to go. So no, fuck it. I'm going to buy a helmet. I'm going to wear the helmet. Cause why not? Cause I don't want to be gone. You know, I don't want, I don't want the nurse to have to live without me, you know, type of thing. So it's like, fuck. you know, sometimes you need those, those reminders, those wake up calls, those slaps in the face to just, you know, tell you. So it, it, it if any solace can be taken out of this, it's like, you know, Maybe a few people will, will, you know, be smarter about you know the way that they, you know, handle their yeah. safety and their personal being and all that. Sort these of stuff, dumb, so. these dumb things that we all yeah, do. Just the dumbest, stupidest things. And we don't do it for no reason. Why am I grabbing my phone? Do I, yeah, do I really yeah. have to scroll the athletic while I'm driving? No. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You have Put to look at. Do you, do, you, do you need to see your Twitter mentions right no. this second? No. You know, do, I mean, do never you really, really need to be that. honest. You never have to look at your Twitter mentions, to be honest. But, <laughs> but especially when you're driving, come on. You know, it's um, yeah. So maybe that's something that that some small good that can come of it is yeah. people will think about that, and 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 hopefully we do find out what the real actual cause was that that forced that woman to swerve into the other lane i mean maybe she was trying not to kill a fucking squirrel i you will you know we'll maybe we'll never find out um but she was 27 years old herself you know in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we hype ourselves up thinking "Ah, maybe i can pull a ken griffey jr rookie card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates It's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. 
And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, ah, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park I guess uh, there's no way to properly transition into like making fun of wrestling matches or something. I know, but we have to talk about, we have to get off of this at some point. So um, we don't have an ad <laughs> this week. It's a buffer. Um, we just have to bluntly transition into talking about some wrestling. I it's, mean, it'd be nice to say, all right, well, you know, with that being in mind, let's talk about HelloFresh. No, yeah, we can't do let's that. Let's talk so. about Vince McMahon raping Rita <laughs> I was going to say, you want to just do that and then get all the shitty stuff out of the way right away? Yeah, I guess. Fuck, I mean, I mean it's there. Well. Let's do it. All right. Uh, per the Wall Street Journal, Vince McMahon. Uh, has settled this case with former WWE referee Rita Chatterton, who we uh, discussed uh, many, many months ago uh, on this flagship podcast when we said, ah, you know what? This stuff's not out of thin. Bl- I mean, this, this stuff has happened before. Have you heard of Rita Chatterton? And there was a lot of people that had not heard of Rita Chatterton. And that was good that we, you know, we hopefully educated some people to look this up and, and, and discover that, ah, you know what? 
this Vince McMahon stuff is uh, it's not new. It, it's been going on for a while. So uh, obviously, Rita uh, claimed that McMahon raped her in 1986. Uh, Wall Street Journal reported that a settlement was reached in December, uh, a month after Chatterton and, and, and her uh, her lawyers uh, sought 11.75 million in damages. Apparently, the uh, the figure is a lesser figure, but uh, no number has been disclosed and probably will not be disclosed. Uh, and Jerry McDivitt, Vince's personal lawyer, said of the settlement, and this is a doozy here, quote, Mr. McMahon denies and has always denied raping Miss Chatterton, and he settled the case solely to avoid the cost of litigation. All right. <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's move on. Um, no, I mean, did you... Just wipe the hands? All right. Let's move on. Yep. Did you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast with Nick Khan? Uh, I listened to bits and pieces of it, little parts of it, yes. So Simmons Simmons asked Nick Khan directly um, if the Rita Chatterton case would affect any transactions they do, meaning, you know, a sale or a merger or whatever it is that's coming down the pike, which, by the way, um, Nick Khan made it abundantly clear that there's some kind of transaction coming. Um, so that th- that's not even, um, you know, any kind of secret or anything. And I mean, he's the CEO of the company and, um, but, but Khan kind of just called it. How did he refer to it? An obstacle that they would. Yeah. Just, something uh, that got in the way, something that I, I forget the exact, we're paraphrasing there, but uh, I'll try to find the exact quotes, but yeah, something that got in the way of, of discussions or whatever, or something that w- could get in the way uh, of yeah. discussions. It was, it was pretty. Something he felt that would just be a minor bump in the road to achieving whatever there, but, but see, people are too focused on the way that Khan described the case and less focused on the fact that Simmons interviewed him this Tuesday this past Tuesday. And apparently this settlement is from December. Yeah. So Khan knew full well that this was something that was dealt with and, you know, gave an answer that kind of indicated that, ah, we'll just kind of cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, that bridge has been crossed already. So in hindsight, he kind of looks bad there. Um, you know, for, for not, I guess, I guess the Bill Simmons podcast might not be the place where you want to disclose this massive settlement. That a, a uh, huge million dollar settlement is coming, you know, in, in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, or maybe he didn't know it was going to go public because wasn't this the Wall Street Journal who reported yes, this? Yes, yes, yes. So it's so, possible that it wasn't. Wall Street Journal got it and then they just said, all right, fuck it. Then Jeremy no, my feeling. Yeah. My feeling was I don't think Khan knew this was coming down the pike. I mean, um, well, cause it was, name. it was, you know, it's probably a non-disclosed cause we don't know the figure. We don't know all that sort of stuff. So it was probably non-disclosed, but somebody leaked it to the wall street journal and they've, they've been getting a lot of stuff because they've been diligent about it. And, and, you know, some people in the wrestling media think that they, you know, have a source that's leaking stuff. Well, that's also just what journalism is. It's like when you find a source, when you find someone that tells you stuff, you ask them stuff and sometimes they give you stuff. That's kind of how journalism works. So it's okay. You know, but they've been getting, so they, well, for $75 an hour, there's a certain person who will teach you how journalism yeah. works if you're willing to pay the price yeah. okay. the fucking clown <laughs> yeah the same person who's confused about how it works uh yeah. but anyway yeah you can you, you know they get information because they probably ask people or they've been on the ground or they've been on top of this stuff so they probably did not think this was going to get leaked and then it got leaked so yeah i i he probably thought oh yeah well it's kind of in the past a bump in the road or whatever and and yeah he kind of looks like a goofball now 
you know, knowing that. But at the time, you know, if you don't know that it's going to get leaked, you could, you know, you could say that sort of thing and and, and think you're getting away with it. And and he he did. So there we are. Yeah, you know that that the Simmons interview was interesting because I thought I thought Simmons asked good questions. Okay, let me frame it to you this way. I thought Simmons asked good questions based on the type of questions I that I think Bill Simmons was equipped to ask. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. He didn't get because in there if, and grill the guy because he that, that's not what... Because he couldn't. Well, he, he also couldn't. couldn't. Right. Because, okay, let, let, me, let me flesh out my point. My point is if me or you interviewed Nick Khan and asked the same exact questions Bill Simmons asked, people would say we left stuff on the table, right? Is that fair to Absolutely. say? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. But Bill Simmons maybe isn't cognizant of the other questions that you could ask in that scenario. To me, Bill Simmons asked all of the questions that his personal knowledge of pro wrestling would, that he was equipped to ask. He asked all the pertinent ones that would have come up in his. I'm blowing this rich. Save me here. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, well, I, I think he he comes from the mindset of for a few different things. People that are listening to the Bill Simmons podcast I- interviewing Nikon, they're not expecting him to sit down and just grill the guy for an hour and a half or whatever. Or and, and I don't know if Bill Simmons is equipped to grill the guy for a, a, an hour and a half and talk about all this stuff and and dig up stuff. Like if David Bixenspan did the interview, it'd be a lot different than if Bill Simmons did the interview. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Bix yeah, and, 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 has and, and, but all I this also, stuff and say, well, what about this? Exactly. Or, hey, what about this? But and follow ups and, and right, right. And, and and Khan wouldn't have the same ability to bullshit Bix or me or you or Dave Meltzer that he that that he could to massage Bill Simmons because Bill Simmons just doesn't have the knowledge. No, no. And I, and I don't even think that Bill that Bill Bill Simmons, like I said, I think he asked the hard questions that he thought he had to ask. He just didn't have the follow ups or maybe some of the other questions because he just. He's not in the mud with it like we are. What I think that so, Simmons did well, though, in this interview is that I think he let Nick kind of say he kind of made Nick make himself look like an asshole without Simmons making him look like an asshole. Does that make sense? Like he would, you know, Khan would say something and Bill, instead of just being like, well, I, Nick, that's not true because uh, AEW made, you know, this amount of money and da, 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 da. he would say, really? Is that true, yeah. really? And kind of force Nick to then say, you know, have to either follow up or not follow up. Or and, yeah, and I don't think this was not Simmons is not. This was not a softball interview. No, 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 no. And and when Simmons sensed that there was some bullshit coming out, he didn't he just say, "Oh, that's oh, yeah. Nick, that's great. All right, this is an Ariel Hawani, you know, just lapping up whatever shit Triple H is getting him." He would push back a little bit, but in a way that a Bill Simmons can push back in the way that yes. the sports guy can push back and not say, well, now hold on, Nick, like Tony Khan makes this amount of money. You know, instead of just being like, really, they don't make money. They're like, Oh, he, really? Yeah. Like, you know, that he, sort of, you know, Hey, enlighten me, Nick. Hey, tell me about this. Cause I don't know what you're, what you're saying doesn't make sense to me, but enlighten me. And Nick had, you know, in a lot of times had no follow-ups or had nothing else that he could expand right. on. He, and, and it kind of, if you knew, if you know better, you know that this guy is lying through his fucking teeth or just being a cold, calculated business 101 asshole or whatever. But, and, and Bill kind of let him do that. Bill kind of let him hang himself as opposed to saying and, and confronting him with the, the mistruths that he might have been saying or, or how cold and callous he was. He let Nick kind of do that on his own. Simmons did as well as his knowledge base allowed him to do. Yes. Yes. That is what I that is what I awkwardly was tripping over earlier. That that is the best way I could summarize it. Simmons did as well as his knowledge base allowed him to do, particularly with a person he clearly admires and likes. These guys text each other. 
their pals. Um, I don't know if Khan ever represented Simmons. I don't think he did. But Khan has certainly represented all of Simmons' pals in the sports media. They know each other. They run in the same circles. They live in the same city. Uh, They obviously have hung out before. But he still was not afraid to ask him questions like the Rita Chatterton question, which someone like Ariel Hawani, there's no fucking way he would have asked that question. Not No chance in hell. He'd ask it to Dana White. He'd ask it to, but when it comes to Nick Khan and WWE, for whatever reason, Hawani curls up into a ball and, and becomes no better than some of the wrestling people out there who, who bow at the feet of that company. But so anyway, that's what I was trying to express with Simmons. He did as well as his knowledge base would allow him to do in the scenario. And as for Nick Khan, I see a lot of people ripping a lot of his answers and stuff. And I, I know everybody hates billionaires. Everybody hates business moguls. I get it. I, Rich, I, I don't have it in me to hate people who have a lot of money. I know that differs a lot from a lot of people. I just did, – did Nick Khan give a lot of sleazy answers? Did he give a lot of um, typical mustache-curling, quote-unquote, capitalist man answers? Yeah, he did, but at the same time, what would you expect him to do? Right, that's what he is. That's, I, that, that's what I think What, what ultimately – So this it interview- doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me as much because I kind of know what this guy is. Like he's a cold, yeah. calculated, windside. I mean, I'm sure when when Stephanie and Triple H were running the company, he was saying, "Yeah, Vince is out of touch. That guy's got to go." And now that Vince is back, yeah, no, Vince, I, uh, I admire him. You know, he's a fucking windsock, man. He's just looking for the next payday. He's just looking for the next thing. He's he's a cold, calculated asshole. That's why everybody was more than happy to give him the blame. And he probably said, give me all the blame when people were getting fired. Yeah. It's Nick Khan's fault that you're fired. Cause he doesn't give a shit. He does not fucking care. And, and that's, that's what he is. So it's like, I wasn't taken aback or surprised because that's always what I've known this guy to be. He's a soulless. He's just a, a, a corporate robot. And it's like, it's the right. bottom line. It's the bottom line. And yeah. this is why he got to where he was. This is why he, he has is no emotion. He, he doesn't business. care about people. He doesn't care about things. Nah, he cares about bottom line. Who he's working for and who's paying him right now. And how can we squeeze the most money out of everyone around us? That's his job, and he does it well, and he does it better than anybody in that industry. And that's why his answers didn't – like people were so offended and bothered by the things that he said. And I don't know. It's everything I expected. He's a smooth talker who you can can tell that he very much has the ability to charm you, to charm people. And – to speak a lot without really saying anything. He absolutely has that ability. You know, when you really break down this Simmons interview and some of the other other interviews Khan has done, he really doesn't give you much, but he says a lot of words. You know, he's kind of like a slick talking NFL or NBA coach who says a lot without, who has mastered the art of saying a lot without saying anything. Uh, Sean McVay is like that guy will talk at that podium and answer a question for seven minutes and then you read back the answer and it's all garbage it's uh, it's nothing useful right but it sounds smart because he knows how to play it again that's nick Khan. so um you know but um you know i thought simmons did ask a lot of the right questions it's like what simmons said well simmons even followed up and said well you still haven't answered why stephanie left again remember because right. he because Khan like basically dodged it. oh yeah and did. simmons said well you <laughs> He's like, you still haven't answered me. Like, why did she leave? You know? And um, because one thing about Bill Simmons, he's not scared to offend people or put them off. And he wasn't rude to Khan. But this is a guy who took on Roger Goodell and the NFL head on 
and lost his job because of it. He doesn't care. He's made it in this business. He's rich beyond any of our comprehension, Bill Simmons. And he's a big enough name to do his own thing. And he was more than willing to burn his bridge with the NFL if it meant speaking what he felt was his truth to power about Roger Goodell. So he wasn't going to be afraid to follow up with Nick Khan and ask him the right questions. And he did. But you can't make somebody give you useful answers. You can only do so much. You know, to massage answers out of people. Um, and I listened to that thing twice, and I listened to the Stephanie questions twice, and I still don't know why Nick Khan thinks Stephanie left the guy. I, I mean, basically, he said, well, Stephanie knows that Vince is the right man for the job, and her work is no longer needed, and, you know, um, we all know that's, a, that's horseshit. But what did people expect from Nick Khan? Did people expect Nick Khan to go into this interview and tell the truth and, and, and expose all the drama and make the company look bad? How is that advantageous to him? How is that his job? His job as the CEO is to make the company look good. His job is to make Vince coming back look like a positive. His job is to keep the stock up. So I think people, you know, when they when they dunk on people like this and in situations like this, they're just not being realistic. You think the guy's just going to burn burn it down? Why would you think that? I got all the answers I thought I'd get. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I just didn't get wound up about it like everybody else did. Um as far as the, the, the Chatterton settlement, good for her. She gets some closure. And uh, this won't be the only one with these new laws in New York and California that allow these people to come, that, that, that remove the statute of limitations yeah. and everything. I'm sure there's more coming down the pike. So so that was that. And we'll see, obviously, what happens uh, um, in terms of the sale, uh, WWE. But again, like you said, that, that interview um, – made it very clear to me that, again that that's that's the direction they're going that that's that's where things are going and and um yeah that's not stopping anytime soon so that's just going to continue to happen and continue to happen and continue to and that's why he's doing these interviews Nikon's doing these interviews to try to get more people to buy this fucking company you know what I mean more people to put bids in more yeah. people to, you know, to for for ESPN to be aware of it a little bit more for for Endeavor to be aware of it a little bit more to know there's offers out there to know there's I mean that's that's what this is for so this probably will not be the last you'll probably hear from this guy a lot not going to hear from Vince, I don't think. I think Vince is going to try to obviously stay in the background for most of this stuff, uh, you know, except for in terms of, um, you know, maybe being at the table or, or, or whatever. But in terms of the PR stuff, uh, I think Nick's going to probably be front and center. Triple H, who knows? But uh, he does probably doesn't want to be front and center for this. He probably wants to be in the in the background. So you're probably going to hear a lot more from Nick over the next uh, coming weeks and, and, and potentially months. So, um, yeah, well, Khan said straight up, he said Vince doesn't like doing media. And you know, quite honestly, when you hear Nick Khan talk, he's the guy you should have doing oh, your media. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you take Vince McMahon's past interviews with mainstream media, which are always terrible and disastrous. And now add in the fact that, oh, yeah, now he's got like multitudes of rape allegations and 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 settlements or whatever. That's not going to go well for him. So, yeah, he probably should not be doing any of these interviews because he's liable to just explode and blow up and punch the guy and scream and snarl or whatever. So, yeah, it's it's he did that. Or say and, something dumb. And yeah, he said that yeah, when he was on top of the world. He, he fucking he's trying to kill Bob Costas when he's like the media mogul of the world that everyone's trying to get at. And, and you know, Bob Costas makes some thinly veiled things and Vince McMahon's losing his goddamn mind. It's like, yeah, this guy cannot handle media in 2023. So yeah, there, there's a very good chance Vince will, will not appear on any mainstream media. At, and at any point. For that. I mean, you know, people get real touchy when we talk about Nick Khan, but I'd hire that guy in a second. I mean, I, you know, they, 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 there's no doubt about it. I mean that, that yeah, you if know, your goal is make exactly. the most money possible, 
He's the guy. That's why he has the job he has, because he made WWE and Vince McMahon more money than they ever made. And they said, ah, okay, can we have you make us more money than we've ever made uh, all the time? And he said, yes. And that's what he's doing now. And then when he leaves WWE after they're sold, he'll go to another company and make that company more money than they've ever made ever before. And be their public face like he is now with, you know, an excellent talker and the art of talking a lot and saying nothing, all of those things, knowing the right things to say and and also being just such a an, an in-tune insider, you know, because all of these people in the business that that he has to do business with all admire him because he used to be all of their he used to be their agent. He's he's been everybody's agent. Right. <laughs> all of these people. So they all like him and and they trust him and you know, and that's why he always it's why he's always two steps ahead and, and and knows what's coming down the pike. I could tell you a million different times where media people moved from ESPN to Fox. That those in particular a few years ago were where people made weird media moves and a lot of sports media people were like, Oh, well, that move doesn't make sense. And then six months later it made all the sense in the world. And that was Nick Khan moving his pieces and moving his clients. Uh, because he was knowing the landscape and where things were going. And I don't want to get too in the weeds with it, but it's the same here. You know, he'll, he's, and, and, you know, I would absolutely, I'd hire that guy in a second. And look at the money. Like, some of those people made. Else. The money. Some of those people made yeah. moving from to Fox or whatever, just stealing money. I know. From them. I know. They even touched on that a little in the interview, how they stealing talked about how stealing money from Fox. Yeah. Colin Coward and um, well, Coward is kind of success, but like uh, uh, Skip Bayless, Skip I mean, stealing money from Fox, man. Just, the guy cannot pull a number. I mean, he does not produce he's numbers. So just, much money. He's one of the highest paid people in sports media. I mean, Nobody you know, and, and, and for what? Nobody watches the show. I mean, he loses. <laughs> he loses to everything. I mean, even head to head in his own time slot. So um, anyway, that was the uh, Simmons interview. Uh, since we're talking about uh, uh, WWE, AEW, some stuff, let's talk about the ratings because uh, there's been an interesting week of ratings. Uh, so we'll start with the Raw number. So Raw this week uh, went up against the NFL, and it did not go well for Raw. Obviously, this is NFL playoff season. Uh, this week's show averaged 1.48 million viewers and a .42 in the 18-49 to 49 demo, uh, placing seventh among cable originals on the night. Uh, the NFL playoff game was between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of the highest rated NFL games in years. Wasn't it 19? Did I see that right? 1999? Um, I didn't see that one. I forget exactly. I thought it was something like that. It was like, I don't know if that was in the demo or total viewers or whatever, but in the demo, it averaged 31.1 million viewers. And this was across like it was on ESPN and ABC and ESPN. It was on a bunch of different things. So they're kind of, you know, combining all those, but together 31.1 million viewers in an eight, 0.39 0.39 in the 18 and 49 demo and 8.39 to Raw's 0.42. One of those numbers is a lot bigger than the other. 8.39 in the 18 and 49 demo. Holy shit. Yeah, we knew the game would be big. I mean, we talked about it. You know, the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers with Tom Brady was a significantly bigger game than last year's comp, which was the Rams versus the Cardinals. And that game did around 22 or 23 million or something like that off the top of my head. Um, you know, but the Cowboys are obviously the number one brand in the NFL. You have Tom Brady on the other side, potentially playing his last game as a buck and maybe overall. Whereas last year, the Rams, even though they're an LA team, uh, aren't quite the national draw that people might think. And the Cardinals are a complete non-entity. I mean, they're just nothing. And it's interesting because this game was, I mean, both 
games, last year's game and this year's game, were blowouts. I mean, this could have been worse if this game was close, but Dallas uh, blew this team out. I mean, the mo- the intrigue in this game is if uh, kicker Brett Maher could, could make an extra point. I mean, oh, my God. I, I, watched, I, watched some, I was watching a little bit of it. And it was like each one was worse than the other. They like, make a kick, man. Jesus Christ. This, was... this guy missed four extra points, and he missed his last extra point in the final regular season, he missed five straight extra points between last week and this week, which is completely unheard of, even with the extra point move back, you know, to the uh, 25 yard line or whatever. So um, that was really the only intrigue here because Dallas just ran away with the game. Uh, like I thought they would, by the way, on the NFL intelligentsia, but um, yes, you know, we knew raw was going to get destroyed and they did. So, uh, it was just a matter of how much damage it was going to do. And, and you know, it, it it doesn't really mean all that much in, in the grand scheme because they knew they were going to get destroyed here. But now football's over. Now it's officially over, and it's behind them. So next week, no, next week's raw number is going to be interesting, and then we see what pattern develops from there as we build up to the Royal Rumble, which is right around the corner next weekend, right? So Yes, yep. You know, the weekend of the championship games. And then from there, the build to WrestleMania, so... You would think the next few Raws are going to do good, being it's Rumble season. And then from there, we see. And now we really see how where the rubber meets the road with Levesque because, you know, football was the obvious excuse. To me, though, we have year-over-year comps, and he just he was putting up the same numbers when Vince was putting up against football. I don't – unless they have some hot storylines up their sleeve, I don't know why, again, year-over-year um, – he would do any better than Vince did in the run up to mania, but we're going to find out. So, and then, um, NXT had a rough one too. They were down big. Uh, and I guess here in your notes, it was a female viewership that really hit NXT hard for whatever reason, 33% drop from last week. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. That, that's WrestleNomics. That's what they uh, had. Yeah. They dropped at 33% week over week. Uh, which was interesting because this NXT had like a, a big time, like Roxy match or it's, it's a classic thing that I always think like, promote and 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 have women on top of your shows and women are gonna and it's never that way it's never ever that never the case it's never it's It's always the the opposite (laughs) people will tell you all the time "Ah, you got to push women if you want women to watch no they no women like good wrestling they don't like they don't they they like the same thing you like (laughs) they like watching yeah just like good good wrestling wrestling. men or women they just want good wrestling yeah so it's like this thing you gotta push this girl because she's she's she'll work for the female demographic because they remind her of her no they just like good wrestling (laughs) like it's not not the secret thing you have to unlock like just put good wrestling on they'll usually watch it it can't just put women in your main events and it'll magically draw women it still has to be good tv um so yeah, that's always been kind of a myth. So now I see why you threw that note in there. But um, yeah, I mean they were down fourteen percent in total viewership, and uh, down almost ten percent in eighteen to forty nine. So not a good week for NXT either. Um, I guess the the fun one, Dynamite did their usual range. You know, nine hundred sixty nine thousand. And yeah, anything fun about the Dynamite number that that you've found? I I. I I dug in a little and it's, I don't know. There wasn't much. It was just kind of the normal stuff for them. No, I mean, you know, very similar to, um, last week's number, you know, um, th- that's where they're living right now, right about what they did this week. And the show has been really, really fucking good for like a month. I mean, maybe even longer, like this week's again, three great matches. Again, it's like, it's like I said last week, 
it's almost boring how great that show is. Yeah. It's just great every week. And one point I made this week in my review was it, it, it really shows you how good of a book when you, when you go down, you know, the Moxley hangman stuff, the Jericho appreciation society, Ricky Stark stuff, which has been good. The stuff where Soraya and Tony storm have turned heel and you know, the, the what's going to happen with Sheeta and, 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 and that whole deal. Um, the main event, I thought Darby having that great match with Samoa Joe at the end of December while Joe was feuding with the Wardlaw and then Darby, you know, wanting another piece of Joe later on and then winning the TNT title from him was just a, a brilliant way to do that where you, it's no skin off Joe's back and he doesn't look any worse for it. And now Darby is having this incredible TNT. He's having a vintage old school TNT title run that we used to get with Cody and Darby and Miro where it's just great matches on TV every week. Right, taking on all challengers. Just taking on anybody. Yeah. And, 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 oh, Kushida, cool. Don't have a story. Don't have a background. Whatever. Come here. You want the piece of the title? You got it. Go for it. Yeah, and that was, the match was great. Yeah. I mean, how how good was Kushida in that match? That was that's classic Kushida. Ice cold coming yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's a guy that, last, like, literally last week, I was like, man, I don't know about this guy. I think he's washed. I think it's over. No, nah, he's still good. Still pretty great. Man, and, and, you know, I love the little touch of having Kevin Knight at ringside who teamed with Kushida in the Super Junior Tag League. You know, it's it's like uh, it really pays you off for being a big-time wrestling fan. If you watch that tournament, these guys are still pals, and why wouldn't they be? You know what I mean? It's like Kushida's little buddy, and maybe as Knight graduates from the dojo, they'll, you know, they'll stick together beyond that, and that's the shit you could sink your teeth into it, you know, and, and um, that's just a nice little touch. But it was a great match. There were three great matches on that show. And I thought the MJF stuff on, on Dynamite was phenomenal. You know, last week we watched him troll and get cheap heat and be that version of MJF. And this week he was that maniacal, dangerous, evil psychopath who is getting a little worried because Danielson's getting closer and closer. And he knows that that Iron Man match is bad for him. And now he's trying to pay people off to break his arm and everything else. And, sleazy prince nana taking the envelope and saying you know maybe we should do business with this guy i thought it was a great dynamite again it shows just great every week really is incredible um but more on the ratings the uh this was in this was very interesting to me so new japan on axis has just been dying to death and this week they did the omega will osprey match from wrestle kingdom and for the first time, I think, since New Japan came back, they matched Impact, which airs before it, in total viewership at 81,000 viewers. And technically, they beat Impact in 18 to 49 because they did 19,000 viewers to Impact 16,000. And that has never happened. New Japan has never beaten Impact in the 18 to 49. Now, we're talking about small numbers here. We're talking about margin of error being very... I mean, you know, this could, but the point here is it's very clear that the Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega match was a big draw in relation to this show and in relation to this network and new Japan was up 72% in total viewership. So, um, another feather in the cap for Kenny Omega, I think, and to a lesser extent, Will Ospreay, um, you know, and, and I guess both of them for the buzz that the match created, to where people who follow the New Japan product through the Axis show really made it a point to watch this match this week. 
And maybe there were some people who had already seen the match who decided they wanted to watch it again in full, beautiful HD. So, um, you know, and New Japan, this is the first time they've even flirted with doing six-figure viewership, which allegedly they used to do all the time on their first run on Axis, but with interest down in the company and all those things, you know, the viewership has really sunk 40, 50,000 viewers a week, some weeks. So to get back up to 81,000 viewers, to actually beat Impact, which aired earlier in the night in 18 to 49, I just thought that was notable. What'd you make of that? No, I, I think it tells you just how viable New Japan on Access still is and still could be, is people know they can get it and people can watch it. They just choose most weeks not to because there's either just a match that they don't care about uh, a match that happened months ago that they don't or or whatever, or they're just interest level in New Japan has, has waned or whatever. But this shows, you know, that 72% up in total viewership. Those people get access. Those people know New Japan is on access and they watch it because this match was going to be on it, that Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega was on it. And now if you're New Japan, you got to hope either A, there's some way that we can we can make sure that we get those people to watch more regularly. Maybe they're reinvigorated by New Japan. Maybe they're interested again in what New Japan has, and that's great news for you. That's great. And we have always said that this, that New Japan on Access is, is a bit of a sleeping giant. People kind of shrug it off and go, ah, whatever. There are a lot of people that follow New Japan only on Access. They don't have New Japan World. They're not interested in waking up at 2 a.m. to watch these shows. They're not interested in huddling over their laptop or, or trying to cast it to their TV. A lot of people just want to turn on their TV and watch it in HD. And we have said that from the moment this show started, that like people do not give enough credit for what that show could be for New Japan for wrestling. But we've seen it on Death's Door because there was just not that much stuff compelling in New Japan over the last couple of years. But now you have a match like this, and it proves that people are aware of it, do know about it, and are willing to watch it if there is something that they need to watch or want to watch or whatever. So um, that's interesting. And I don't know. On the flip side of that, does that also... Is it a really awesome number for New Japan, or is it also a a sign of just where Impact is in the ecosystem as well? Well, those numbers are down for Impact uh, to some, but but pretty much in the range of what they do. I mean, sometimes they do more than that, sometimes they do less than that. It's not a, it wasn't an unusual number for Impact. I think they were down from the week before. Yeah, it was down twenty percent in total viewership week over week. I just mean for people that aren't aware of this, that don't look at the ratings, that aren't knowing oh, that that a New Japan on Access show at ten p.m. replaying a match from three weeks ago, three two weeks and a half ago. weeks ago, or whatever, matched first run brand new Impact Wrestling go home show to the Hard to Kill pay per view. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great look for impact this week i'm not you know i'm not gonna try to make that off and i think you're right i think maybe us talking about this because we don't talk about impact and new japan ratings all that much i do a little bit behind the paywall on thursdays uh, from time to time when i when something's interesting um yeah it, may, it might be a little surprising to some people I, I i see where you're coming from with that um you know and, and I, I do like your point that it, it does show the potential of the new look we know the potential of the New Japan show on Axis because when they had their first run on the channel and they weren't airing it and they were airing earlier in the night, they were doing um, six-figure viewership regularly, you know, according to reports because they hadn't they weren't subscribing to Nielsen yet. But that's what was you know fed to some of the reporters in the newsletters and whatnot. And it it's plausible because of this match did eighty-one thousand viewers at ten o'clock at night for a cold product. I totally buy that a hot New Japan airing at eight o'clock was doing, you know, 
100,000 plus, 150,000 viewers a week. I totally buy it. So, you know, um, we see what happens. It's rough because it does air at 10. And it's rough because it is access and you're, you're going to be limited to how many people are going to watch you. But um, that show was effective for them at one time and it it, it can be again. Yeah. And that's, that's a that's nice my little block. Takeaway. That's my biggest takeaway is it, it's not done. It's not dead. And no, that might help. I mean, it will help impact too. I think if, 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 if new Japan and access can get more people watching and maybe more people just tune into impact or like in general, th- those two can help each other in ways that they probably don't know they can help each other right now. But maybe this week is a wake up call to, to, to see that they, they can get more eyeballs on access. People have access. People have access to access. It's just a matter of getting them something compelling to watch. Yeah. Well, we know that impact is the highest rated show on access that's been reported. Okay. So what this tells you is New Japan was almost the highest rated show on Axis this week. And it was in the demo. It was, it was the highest rated show on Axis. It wasn't the most viewed and it was tied for the most viewed show on Axis. Unless there was something else during the week that, you know, but typically Impact I, is the I most viewed imagine. show on the network. Yeah, I can't imagine there was anything that, that shows that, that channel shows almost next to nothing. That so my point is, this is a nice, yeah. this, this is a nice little block for the network to have here. You know, this is clearly when the most eyeballs are on their network. So, um, you know, yeah. So obviously new Japan has some value to them and, and this is, this, it's just, it shows, uh, the power that, that Kenny Omega has to some degree and that, and, and that the buzz for that match, um, really did equate to business, you know, in relation to the network it's airing on and all that, you know, because there's still people that will shit on it and say, ah, it's 81,000 viewers, but you always have to put things in the perspective and, 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 and and in relation to what, you know, the world they live in. So I thought that was a really, really interesting number. So we got about a half hour. To, um, and we didn't even talk about what we watched in terms of some of this wrestling we're going to talk about. So let's just do it on the air. Um, I did not watch Hard to Kill. You did? Yeah, I did. I did. So I, I can run it down real quick if you want. Okay, so let's start there then, and I will take you through it. So we'll start with um, the main event, which was Mickey James in her. Um, I guess this was if she loses, she retires. Correct. Correct. So yeah, she's doing again, this tour, her uh, the final rodeo or whatever, last rodeo. I forget exactly the final or last. Uh, someone will correct me if I'm wrong or whatever. So she's doing the thing where yeah, she's going. She started from the bottom, you know, facing the lowest rung of, of knockouts all the way uh, to the top here. And yeah, if she loses any of these matches, she's done. Uh, so every match is per potential career match, but this one more than ever felt to a lot of people going in like this, this might be it because are they going to have her win the title um, or is she going to retire here? And uh, no, she won the title. Good little match. Good, good. Not great. Um, Mickey is okay these days. Like she's still, she could still work pretty well, but great. And, and Grace, yeah, she's competent now. And, and, and Grace is somebody I'm, I'm indifferent to Jordan Grace. Some people think that she's like incredible. I, I, I Sometimes I, I see it, and sometimes I'm like, "Yeah, that was really good." And then sometimes I just don't. This was good, but but not great. This this was not the best match on the show. I I I, I guess I could put it that way. But it was good. It was good. It was definitely not a match that I would say skip or, or a disaster, or whatever. It was good and it was emotional, and the crowd was into it, and they did a really good job of cutting. Mickey James' family was there, 
and Tara, the former Victoria, was there, and she was just you know bawling her eyes out the whole time. So you're thinking, man, she can't keep it together. Like this might be it for Mickey. Like every time they're cutting to Tara, she's just bawling. Like this is it, and uh, it, it had some real good emotion to it. And the near falls were were everybody kind of bit on the near falls. And when she won, uh, it was a huge surprise to a lot of people. So did I like the Bell to Bell as much? You know, nah, I didn't, didn't think it was like an incredible Bell to Bell match, but but it's a good scene and and, and definitely well worth your time. All right, so how was the uh, Josh Alexander Bully Ray uh, fake TLC gimmick here? I want to say I hated this match, but I thought it was okay. It was now keep with the caveat of I never want to see people hit each other with shit ever again in wrestling. I'm so fucking sick of guys hitting each other with shit. Uh, And they came out here in full metal mayhem and they hit each other with shit. But it was pretty good. It was very melodramatic, very melodramatic. You had uh, Alexander's wife, the former Jade Chung, walk out, and she was like, no, leave him alone. You know, and then she hit Bully Ray in the balls, and it was just like, oh, my God. But ultimately, when it was done, I didn't hate it as much as I was going to – I thought I was going to hate it. And ultimately, I think I kind of – I enjoyed it more than I disliked it, which I did not think was going to be the case going in. So – uh, and Josh Alexander takes some hellacious bumps in this match. He works his ass off. Bully did okay, too. I, I will say Bully worked his ass off a, a, a bit, but Josh went above and beyond to try to make this match good. And that, that's what he's done now for a couple of years. That guy works harder than almost anybody else in the world right now. Um, so for anything, watch it for Josh Alexander's effort in, in the match. But uh, he got look, the win. Look, Bully bu- didn't win. Bully Ray never lacks effort. No. And the thing about Bully Ray is he has his own old school ideas about getting heat. And I know it's become a meme. The the thing about Bully Ray is he's just like an annoying guy. But in terms of his performances, there's been many times where we've been like, oh, that was like kind of good. But he he (laughs) does work hard. I do that every time. Like Like he enters the ring and I'm like, oh, motherfucker, here we go. Because I don't like the guy. I don't want to watch him. It's 2023. I don't want to watch Bully Ray. But when it's done, you're like, oh, man, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) guy can still work. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not like a carny guy who goes to these places and steals money. Like he puts effort in. I mean, he always puts effort in and he tries really hard to get his matches and his angles and his opponents over and all those things with his promos and whatnot. And I know a lot of people don't like him, and for good reason. I know people in the business who don't like him. <laughs> you know, but for good reason. <laughs> for good reasons. For good reasons. Right. Um but but I will but, say uh, he, I, I get why people bring him in because Busted Open's got a big audience, and he works yeah. his ass off, like you said, to promote those matches and promote those things. Like he'll talk about it in his show, he'll he'll do social media stuff, he'll do videos, he'll do pro- like he works his ass off to try to get people to look at the prize. So I get it, I absolutely get it. And, and and when the bell rings, yeah, he's not sitting there, he's no Tyrus, you know what I mean? He's not loafing around there. He's not, right, you know, right, he right. he 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 will work. Uh, and and this match he worked There's a lot of effort out of Bully here, so I I, I got to applaud him for that. Do you believe in Joe Hendry <laughs> over your head? The song has been stuck in my head for like 12 hours. I watched that yeah. match this morning and it's still stuck in my head. And then I lost it. And now you just said it again. And now it's back in my head again. So about a month ago, somebody asked Dave Meltzer on Twitter. Do you believe in Joe Hendry? And he answered yes. And I, I'm dying to know whether he got it. <laughs> he had no idea. Get it. <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> Oh my god. Dave, uh, do you believe in Joe Hendry? He quote tweeted, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes, period. <laughs> like when your mom will text you. Right. You know? Yes, period. Um yeah, so do you believe in Joe Hendry? I, I do. Good little match here with Moose. I is liked he, it. 
Is he is he still jacked to the gills? Uh, Joe yeah, Hendry? a little less. Like he's still he's still in healthy shape. There, Remember not, he got jacked. Yes, he's not there anymore. He's not. There was that one period where you're like, holy shit, this guy looks like you could deflate him with a pin or whatever. He's not quite there. He he's still big, but he's not he's not there anymore. He's got a little bit of a little bit of the belly fat. You know, what I mean, it, it it's calmed down a bit, but he's still he's still in good hey, shape. Listen, he's still in good shape. Listen, a lot of us got fat during the pandemic. That man got on the gas and hit the gym. So Absolutely. I can't. Yeah. He was jacked there for a while. Um, he's still doing his uh, his parody songs and everything. So good for Joe Hendry. It got, it got way over, Hendry. man. It got over in the crowd yeah. and the song stuck in my head. And yeah, it it, it, it it shouldn't work, but it works. It's it's dorky, but sometimes wrestling can be dorky and be pretty good. So yeah, that was solid. He's a, he's a unique act. Yes. You know, he's one of those guys from the pandemic era of ROH who just kind of like selects the business. <laughs> what and, a weird era that going back in 10 years and, and thinking about pandemic era ring of honor is going to be something else, man. And their contracts all just ran out and the company sold and they all got like breaks. You know what I mean? Like, especially the Australian crew that came in. Remember they hired like three Australians and they were all getting their first American breaks. Wasn't it Adam Brooks and Slex the business? And uh, was it Adam Brooks or was it somebody else? Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Brooks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And maybe Kellyanne? Maybe Kellyanne. Mm, I forget if Kellyanne but, um, came over. But yeah, there, there was another. There was a woman, but I, for, I forget who it was. Well, I don't, know if, I, don't, I don't know if she came over either, but I, one of them got a deal. I don't even know if they ever were able to come over. They, now, Slex did work a few matches, I think. And Kellyanne's not Australian, though. Kellyanne... Uh, let's see, but she works a lot in Australia, those Brits and Australians. Um, it doesn't look like she ever worked ROH. Maybe someone in the chat room remembers, maybe it was her and she just never got around to being booked. Um, Slex for sure worked some ROH. So I'm looking at the list here. I'm finding the the articles here. It's Mark Haskins, Bandito, Amy Rose, Bateman, Brian Johnson, Sumi Sakai, Tracy Williams, The Bouncers, Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, Roosh, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Sledge all recently uh, re-signed with ROH in addition to Slex the Business and Adam Brooks. Oh, okay. So So that's when they went on their big, you know, right before the pandemic was like, all right, we're we're reloading, baby. Marty's girls are our booker and we're reloading. And and we came on the show and was like, well, look out for Ring of Honor in 2020, man. They got, you know. That shit would have been fun. Yes. Yeah. That shit would have been fun. I'm sorry. They had a whole new fresh roster. I was like watching their house shows. I was so into that new era of ROH. I was ready to get into it. And then, you know, many things. <laughs> right. Insert things here. Happened um, and, well. Right. So. All right. Well, let's break down the rest of this. Was Eddie Edwards, John, any good? Uh, eh, I was uh, indifferent to that. I saw a lot of people really, really liked it. I didn't really love it. I'm kind of kind of over Gresham. Someone in the chat says Kellyanne did get signed, but never had a chance to come over. Okay. And she wrote about it. And all that. I, I had a feeling it was her. Um, did Session Moth Martina get one too? Yeah. I think, oh, I think Gerard is right about that. may have been it. Yeah. Yeah. She got one too. That. Okay. Okay. They were signed. Adam man, Brooks they went and, nuts. They signed a ton of people. ROH historian Sean Cedor says Adam Brooks never ended up wrestling a match either. So 
but Slex did make it over and wrestled a few. I'm almost positive. What a weird time. Um, anything else on the show? Um, notable. Okay, I will say the uh, knockouts number one contendership four way, which I, I again went in thinking, oh god, here we go, Masha Slamovich, Deanna Perazzo, Killer Kelly, uh, and Taylor Wilde. They worked really well in this match, and and it started out the bell rang, and immediately two people went on the outside, and two people fought in the ring. My my classic like then just have a singles match between Masha Slamovich and Deanna Perazzo if you're just going to have them face off in the ring together. But then from that point forward, for the next like six minutes of this match, it didn't last long. It was only about nine minutes. For the next six minutes or so, they did were four people were in the ring almost the entire time. And there was a bunch of ways to break up pins and and, and dual submissions. And uh, at one point, Deanna Perazzo and, and Masha, I think it was, both had a Boston Crab at the same time on somebody and were thinking, well, shit, who's going to get the tap out of, you know, and the referee's thinking like, I can't call a tap out here because I don't know who, who am I going to award the win. So there was a lot of really, really cool stuff and double submissions and just a lot of really cool. And I, I, I was, when it was done, I was like, bravo to them. Bravo to them for going out there and instead of having the tropey ass boring four-way match where two people are in the ring, another person comes in to break up a pinfall. Now it's a one-on-one between those two people. They went out there and they just they they integrated all four people the entire time in this match. So uh, uh kudos to them for sure uh with that. And then I will say the Steve Macklin Rich Swan false caught anywhere in Atlanta match was a lot of guys hitting each other with shit match, but they did actually brawl into the streets. Uh, at one point, Raven, who was on commentary, said, I hope one of them gets hit by a car uh, in, in, in Raven speak uh, in the most, you know, Scotty, Scott Levy, you know, just the, the basic. But uh, no, it was it was it fun. It, it, fun's the best way to describe it. They did a good job with the with the stipulation. Again, I'm sick of guys hitting each other with shit, but they worked their asses off in this. I would say ultimately a really, really good show. Like I thought everything on the show was 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 at least good. Uh, the impact uh, four way elimination match was probably the worst match on the show. And that's pretty good when it's the Motor City Machine Guns and Bullet Club and Heath and Rhino and the major players. That's probably the worst match on the entire show, and, and that was solid. Eddie Edwards and Jonathan Gresham was was good. I'm kind of over Gresham at this point, but I thought it was an okay match uh, for for what it, you know it, what it was. So I would say, do, am I canceling your plans to watch Hard to Kill? Probably not. But I think if you have some time on you're trying to keep out uh, up on Impact, this is not one of those ones where when I was done. And we've done that show before where we finished and I've been like, oh my God, we can't watch Impact anymore. This is this is terrible. I can't waste my time watching this. I didn't come away with that. I came away thinking, oh, okay, this is pretty good. They got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good talent. There's some good directions going on here. You know, I'm I'm not back in on Impact, but I'm not totally out on it like I usually am uh, after some of these pay-per-views. And uh, we did also have, uh, in the middle of the show, Frankie Kazarian came out uh, and announced that he had returned to Impact Wrestling on a multi-year contract. Uh, he claims that AEW did want to roll over his contract, but he declined uh, and voiced concerns, frustrations, goals, and aspirations. So as of January 1st, he became a free agent and is now uh, back in impact where, you know, that it seems it fits him well. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But, uh, you know, that's healthy. That's good. You know, some people see it as, oh, what's going on in a, another like, oh, AEW lost another. It's like, no, that's good. It's good that a guy can think, you know what? I'm not getting everything that I want in this company. I'm going to go to that company. That's good. That's a healthy wrestling ecosystem when you can do that. That is good. You want that. So, hey, if Frankie Kazarian's going to go to Impact, good. It gives him another guy. And good for Impact for being able to afford him. Good for Frankie to, to try to open up his, you know, you know, realize, hey, if I'm going to do something or if I'm going to make something happen, I got to leave and I got to go somewhere else. And he did. So good for him. Guy wants to wrestle. Yeah. And he said, I, I kept going to shows. I, I was at shows. They never used me. And it was like, all right, well, you know, I'm wasting my time yeah. here then. And that's good. He just want he wants to wrestle, and and the fact of the matter is, uh, there was really no place for him in AEW anymore. And 
he had a pretty good run. I mean, they were the first tag team champions, Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. We've talked about this before. SCU was a pretty important act at the start of AEW. Mega over. Dude, at all in, they, next to Cody, they were probably the next most over team yeah. on that entire show. I mean, they came out and people went. And, and early, that 2019 era of, of AEW, SCU was a huge, huge part of that. Yeah. And then um, after that, though, he was directionless. He was doing that thing where he was like, remember when Yoshitatsu was the bullet club hunter? <laughs> yes. Right. So Kazarian was doing like the same thing. He'd come in with the hood and, and attack guys and everything. And that was really a going nowhere gimmick. And then since then, he's just kind of been a guy on the roster who you would forget was even there. He'd wrestle on YouTube a little. He'd pop up on TV every now and then to do a job, you know, and uh guy just wants to wrestle and work and an impact when he would do uh, cameos there and pop in. From time to time, he'd be put in decent spots and be be given time to work, you know. And he had an excellent match with uh, I forget who it was last year. Um, can't remember right now, but a legitimate notebook match, one of the best TV matches of the year for Impact. And um, yeah, I guess he's just uh, the one against Josh. I think. Oh no, he faced Josh on Overdrive. Is that the match? Is that the match you're thinking of? It was at that Overdrive show. It wasn't a pay per view. I don't think. I believe it was just one of their specials. Pretty sure the match I'm talking about was a TV match. Let okay. me see if I can find it. Um, but anyway, he um, well, he had a good match against Bailey, if I remember correctly, too, right? It might have been Mike Bailey. Yeah. That might have been the one. There's a lot yep. of Mike Bailey matches in 2022, so it's hard to remember them all. But I, I do remember that because the Alexander one, I'm almost positive. I'm, I'm going to double check just to make sure. Uh, that Yes, that was on Overdrive. So that probably is not what the one you're thinking That's of. not it. Let me click. I don't think I saw that. Mike Bailey. Oh, Mike Bailey was bomb for glory. So maybe it wasn't that either. I don't know. Maybe not. Let me pull up his um, 2022 match guide gimmick. Oh, maybe it was it was Saban. What was the Saban match? Um, yeah, yes, that's the one. It's oh, the okay, Chris okay. Match yeah, from yeah, that was that's in the, the one I'm summer, of. I want to say, right? Yeah, June. Yeah. That's the one I'm referring I was, to. Oh, that was it, really good. Yeah, I do remember watching that match. That was solid as yeah, fuck. That was just two professional wrestlers having a great professional wrestling match. That was classic, a le- you know. legitimately great match. Yeah. Like, I reviewed it behind the paywall and everything. It was it was really great. So oh, I'm saying here, yeah, even Meltzer went four and a half with that match. So there you go. That was a great. It was a legitimately not a good match. It was a great match. It was a legitimately great match. And those are the kind of matches. And you mentioned the Josh Alexander and Mike Bailey match. Those are the kind of matches he's not getting in AEW if he stays. He's not being put in those spots to wrestle the top guys, the best workers in the company in 20-minute matches. He's just not getting that opportunity. And in Impact, he will get those chances. So in AEW, he's doing jobs to people. So, um, But you know, in the early days of AEW, it can't be understated how important that guy was. Now you say he talked about WWE made a play for him. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he did a PW insider uh, interview this week. And here was the quote that he said, he said in the spirit of transparency, I had great talks with the people at WWE. Those talks could not have been better, positive, more professional. I have nothing but great things to say about everybody in that organization, especially the people I spoke to and texted with. Ultimately, this was the best fit for me at this stage of my career and this point in my life. I have a great relationship with Scott Demore. I have a history there. A lot of my legacy is there at the stage. I was the best fit for Impact, and Impact was the best fit for me. So that's interesting. Didn't have to say that first part, but he, he did. Maybe as a coach? I can't imagine they'd want him as a wrestler at his age. 
I don't know if is, do you think that's just simply hey we can take another guy from AEW so we're gonna bring him in type of thing and maybe he he sensed that they didn't really want him they just kind of wanted that other scalp to say aha because I can't or maybe wanting, wanting Frankie Kazarian either maybe again he didn't want to be on the main event meaning the TV show not the position on the card hamster wheel and he you know wrestling Cedric Alexander in six minute matches every week right. And he knows he guy wants to wrestle. He's in his 40s. His career's winding down. He wants to perform, is the impression I get. And impact is his best opportunity to do that. I, you know, we talk about it all the time. I like when people jump back and forth. I it's think great. it's healthy and I think it's good. Yeah, pe- people um, make it into like this globalized, oh no, what's going on with that? Com-? No, people, a healthy wrestling ecosystem, people look around and say, you know what? I have a better opportunity if I go there. And if there can pay you, a reasonable amount that you can live. That's great. Then that's, that's a healthy wrestling system when you can leave place a and go to place B and still feed your family and pay your bills. That, that that's the dream. That's and a lot of wrestling history, a lot of the history, a lot of people listening to you the last 20 years that didn't exist. You know what I mean? That, that didn't for all intents and purposes exist. It exists now. And that's good. That's good. And that's healthy. So selects the business selects comma the business. Thank you. Rich. Um, he made it over in February of 2020. Oh, was, did he get stranded here? He was immediately put in a feud with Villain Enterprises. He lost to Flip Gordon in his debut. He lost in a three-way to Marty Skrull in match number two, uh, which also involved Bandito of the Lifeblood. <laughs> Lifeblood. Um, <laughs> Different. And then that, his, sounds, that sounds like 19 years ago. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. that long. It also yeah. it feels recent, but it also feels like it's from 19 years ago. Lifeblood. Juice Robinson, Bandito. <laughs> Remember how excited we were about that? I think we did a show and let off with Lifeblood. Rich, as I said, I was legitimately excited about this era of Ring of Honor. <laughs> I remember that show. That I watched it. all of these house shows on like Honor Club. I was into it. Let me see I if I can remember all, all of Lifeblood. It was it. Bandito, right? Of course, yeah. Jonathan Gresham. No. Shit. Wait. No, 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 no. Right, right, right. No, no, he, no Jonathan Gresham. Right, right, right. No, sorry, sorry. G- give me a chance again. All right. Bandito, Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tracy Williams, right? Yeah. I'm out. I can't remember anybody else. It was it was two other weird dudes that you're like, oh yeah, Ring of Honor Legends, those two guys, right? Mark Haskins. I would have never in a million years if you would have asked me, if you would have said name a thousand, if you said, hey, you know what, let's go five more hours, see if you can figure out the last guy in life. I would have never gotten to Mark Haskins, of course. David Finley. Okay, I probably would have gotten to Finley. Eventually, I would have gotten the juice. Would have gotten to Finley. Finley. Yeah, yeah. And I can't believe you missed Tennille Dashwood. I mean, that's <laughs> the big no. one. No, <laughs> you're making that up. No, she was in the group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she'd stand there. You know. Um, she was having problems with her skin or something at that time. I don't think she was wrestling much. Okay. Um. Anyway, his third ma- his third and final Ring of Honor match, Selects Combat of Business, was Villain Enterprises, Brody King, Flip Gordon, and Marty Skrull defeating Selects Combat of the Business and the Briscoes in St. <laughs> Charles, Missouri. Of course, of course. So we come full circle. And that match was on February 29th, Leap Day 2020. Ugh. Just days before Rudy Gobert went and touched a bunch of mics and the world was on the verge of falling apart. And Slex comma the business has never been back. 
I feel bad for all those people who signed those deals. Now, I think they got paid throughout all of them, right? Didn't they at least get the money from uh, oh, yeah, Sinclair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that. It probably it probably did them in because they were the best. They, they more than any other company, kept everybody, paid everybody, didn't run shows, didn't try to get fans back as quick as possible, told everybody to stay home and get paid, and, and it ultimately killed the business and, and, and killed that company. For all intents and purposes, until you know, obviously with Tony Khan coming in, but yeah, I think I think all those guys got paid. Everybody, I, I'd imagine they, they and they didn't release anybody until like you know, a couple years in when it was just like, all right, we're, we're this thing's never getting back on track. So, I have been reminded of the spring Slex comma the business Noah run, but he hasn't been back. Remember, he was in Noah. Oh he yeah, popped yeah, up yeah, on yeah, the- yeah. And he and he was beating the 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 young boys in the opening matches, and I was like, oh, they might push him. Right, because he's winning. They're they're having him win, Matt. They've never they haven't brought oh, him back. Man, what's Slex doing? A lot of stops and starts in 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 Slexy's career. That stinks. Well, I don't know. Well, he's working <laughs> for the reconfigured Melbourne Championship Wrestling, which we really don't watch that much anymore. Because you know he changed owners and the, the whole right, tone right, changed, right. and um, so he's kind of been off our radar a little there, but um. Ah oh, well, select calm of the business. Um, we got a couple minutes here. Move we got, on. From I think we, have about, we got about a half hour. I think, right? Oh, we have that much. I'm okay. showing two thirty-seven on my time. So, uh, right, hey, listen, fuck it. You're the boss. Bonus half hour. <laughs> um, I did not watch the Gleet, but I'm going to because I. You gotta watch I the had, Gleet. I had many people tell me. Many people are saying. <laughs> People have been watch. saying. Everyone's been saying. <laughs> Is it safe to imitate Trump without getting attached to him? Uh, or? Ooh, many people are saying. I think you can pull uh, it off. I think actually, actually, I think you can pull it off now. Yeah, he's such a dork that you like, might have to. Yeah. You might have to pull it back just for a little bit once if the he, collection season again. gets going, just yeah, in yeah, case. Yeah, because yeah. right now he's like, listen, a, yeah. One thing you cannot deny Trump: he's a poster. That's number one. He never. Okay. He will never stop posting. He'll die at this club. And number two, I'm sorry, the guy's funny. Like, go ahead and cancel me. Donald Trump is funny. Like, he he has the best. Like, they're kind of like dad uncle burials, but they're funny dad slash uncle burials when he buries people. Like the guy, the guy's a poster, and he's funny. But anyway, many people are saying that I need to watch the Lindemann. What is it, Ashita? Yes, yes. Now here's the problem that I had. Is somebody said, hey, make sure you watch Lindemann versus Ashita. Don't miss it. It's Kaito Ashita, L. Lindemann. Obviously, former Dragon Gate guys uh, for the G-Rex title. That's the main title uh, in Gleet. So I said, okay, cool. Um, they just said, hey, watch the match. So I went, okay, cool. I wasn't sure what show it was on or whatever. So I went and searched L. Lindemann and scrolled down and found a Kaito Ashita match. I went, okay, cool. It was from Gleet version 4 from 12-30-2022. So I watched that this morning, and it's great. It's a really, really good match. The guys beat the hell out of each other uh, from the opening bell on. They, they worked their asses off. It's a really high-level match, about 20 minutes or so. And when it was done, I went to that person and said, hey, thank you. That was a hell of a match from that, you know, to, from 1230 you know, version 4. And I, I sent the link in there and said, anything else from this show that I should watch? And the person went, oh, shit, I didn't know they had another match because he was trying to give me the 182023 Gleet version five match that those guys had in the main event. So I ended up the watching one I have saved the, the one I have saved is from January 8th. Okay. 
Honestly, watch both if you got the time. They're, they're, they're both about... What's the date on the other one? Uh, the other one is... So it's Gleet version 4, 12-30-2022. Uh, ah, Rich, you know my rule. 2022 is in the rear view. Oh, I can't do fine. it. That's fine. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I can't go backwards. This, I'm not Marty McFly. I can't go backwards, Rich. I can't do it. Okay, that's fine. Then then you're good. They're I have both cl- I, have, I have closed the books on 2022. The books are closed, sir. Yes. Because what if it was a notebook so, match? You'd have to open the notebook again. You can't. You can't do that. It's. I can't do that. It stresses me it's out. It's absurd. <laughs> it stresses me out. I have closed the books on twenty twenty two. You have to draw a line because if you don't, you 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 keep going back. And I have to. It's just how my brain works. That's fair. That's fair. So so don't. We move forward, not behind. We do. Yes. Yes. So that one, that match is good. The the one from twelve thirty is really really good. But yeah, the one from one eight I think is even better. Um, so I will, since we're a little pressed for time, I will wait to discuss that match. You and I can maybe we'll watch it and, and maybe discuss it next week or something like that or sometime in the future. But I think I got to become a Gleek guy in 2023. Not a full on Gleek guy, but I think I got to keep an eye on this promotion because people have been telling us over and over again. And we and, and, and rightfully so. We're like we're, we're pretty dubious about it because it's like, all right, another one of these dumb promotions that's going to come up and fail and lose a shit ton of money. And they're you know, they, that might that still might happen. <laughs> that's not to say that won't happen. But there's a lot of talent on those shows. They're super accessible on YouTube. Uh, there's a lot of workers that I like. And I'll be honest, there's not a whole lot else in Japan that's really you know stoking the flames right now. So why not give them a chance? It, 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 now is the best time to say, you know what? Because as long as the scummers are in all Japan, I'm fucking hand waving that place. That place can go to hell for a little bit while those assholes are there screwing that up and people are turning on everybody and nothing makes any goddamn sense. I got no time for that. So all Japan, you're you're in the dumpster for a little bit. You're in the bin, as as uh, as our our beans and toast friends would say, uh, for 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 a while until those scummers leave and then maybe I'll consider it again. But for a while, they're gone. The Noah stuff is fine. We always obviously keep one eye on Noah. Dragon Gate, I like it a little bit more than you do, but I can't say that it's like exactly exciting me. So you know what? I'm not saying it. I'm a full Gleek guy, but I'm going to keep an eye on the promotion and watch the high-level stuff. And and they got my guy Tamura, my old zero one one guy, Hayato Tamura, my big beef boy. Yeah. They got him. There's a unit that's Gringo Loco, Hartley Jackson, and Yutani called Black Generation International. <laughs> it's like, okay, now hold on now. You can't complain about scummers in all <laughs> Japan and then put that over. <laughs> you can't do it. Crinkle Loco Hartley Jackson? That's you hypocrisy, sir. Bulk Orchestra? Quiet Storm? Your boy, you love Quiet Storm. You've I always tried to get me on the Quiet Storm. Band you want to talk right? about early ROH? And yeah. Again, we're coming full circle. Look, I got no beef with Quiet Storm in his, in his short little stubby arms. I got no problem with the guy. What's with his arms? And they're so small, and they're and in this promote and and in bulk orchestra too. I mean, it, the name is is what it is. Like all the guys are big beef boys, so they all like do a move and then flex, and it's just so funny because he can't even. I don't know that man can touch his ears. Quiet he flexes, and getting, you're like that. He's still like seven inches away from his ears. Like what an oddly proportioned man. <laughs> he's so he has no I, neck. He has yeah. no like his torso. He's he's basically got a chest, a belly. Not really a torso. It's like his his ass just starts like right below his belly button. You know what I mean? Like right there. None of his none of his parts make sense. <laughs> no, it's like they forget. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just you know. But I love watching the guy wrestle. He I, still I, works I, his ass off, man. Yeah. He does, and he grunts. He's a big time grunter. He is in the pantheon of match grunting all stars with with like Wild Bill Irwin. 
and and a few other guys. Like he's right there, and he's gotten steady work in pro wrestling since like 2002. Quiet Storm. Um, remember he stopped off in like where, where was it zero one for like a year or something. Oh, he like always that? yeah no, yeah yeah. Maybe Colega. Where was it that zero one pot? Where uh, uh Quiet, Quiet Storm. Storm. Yeah, he's 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 everywhere, man. I think it was um. Well, he had, he had like an Osaka Pro run not that long ago. Is that the one you're thinking of? He was definitely in Kaliga no. for a little while. That guy's everywhere, we were, man. You you watch a scummy indie show, at some point, he's going to be there. He did a little I, – I know he did. I think you're thinking of Kaliga. It's the Kaliga run. Yeah, he, he was in Kaliga for a little bit. Yeah, like a legitimate run, not popping in. And that was Kaliga. I know the I second the pandemic happened and Big Japan was like, fuck it, we can't afford to not run. Yeah, yeah, he did. Of course, Big he popped too. He's like, I can't afford to not work. Let's do this. Like, he was a Big Japan regular and a and a Colega regular. These other places, I think he just did some shots. Right, right, right. Um, Noah was probably his most. I mean, he was in Noah for oh Noah for years. Yeah, of course. But when they changed owners and directions, he like in one of their um in one of their Booker changes, he just fell out of favor, and that was it. And then he went to Big Japan, and then um. From there, he did Kalega. Like he was a Kalega regular, and now he's a Gleet guy. And now he's a Gleet guy. So the guy always has regular work. Someone, <laughs> he always does. He always finds a way. Yeah. So you know, going back many years, you know, and um, I guess I would presume he lives in Japan now because he's been working regularly in Japan since like for almost twenty years. Oh, I would, I would guess he's been there since um, the mid two thousands, right? Late two thousands, at least, at least the late two thousands. But um, here's the other thing too. Weren't you already a Gleek guy? I thought you were already. A Gleek I wasn't. Guy. A, no, no, I wasn't like, a Gleek guy. I, I, I was. I would try to like troll you and say we should become Gleek guys, but I was never. I, I would check in on it. I, I thought some of it was good, but most of it I didn't love. The problem is they still do a lot of the UWF rules shoot style stuff. I got no time for that shit. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, that stinks. So it makes that it a little easier to watch because it, then you could just scroll. When when you see like a score on the bottom, I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. But they do a good job of splitting it up. Like I, I know in that Gleet version five, there's like the first half of the show is all the shoot fight stuff, and then you get Kaz Hayashi and Luigi Primo, and you're like, all right, there we go. Now here's the wrestling end of the, of the card. Um, so yeah, there, there's you know it, it, you, you gotta you gotta work your way around. But no, the high level stuff is, is great, and there's a lot of good talent on these shows. Mishima's there, obviously now. Uh, T Hawk is there. All of the strong hearts are there. Kaito Ishida's there. Uh, Hartley Jackson, who who I, I've liked some of his work. Uh, Tamura, who I like, my big beef boy, uh, is there. Minoru Tanaka, who's still okay. Uh, and they've been getting a few other guys, too. Like, Bushi's done a few shows here. Hanma's done a few shows here. Luigi Primo, as I said, has done a few shows. So there's some guys. I don't know if it's, like, great, but it, it it's, I don't know. It, it, it I want to keep an eye on it, at least, throughout the rest of this year, that- uh, while, while All Japan is is not uh, not in its best place. Yeah, I mean, that show is on my list. It, there, there's some shows on my list I didn't get to because, again, I had a crazy weekend. But the Glee that was, I was told I had to watch, I want to watch that Rev Pro show um, that just happened last week with the um, – what was the main event? It was Will Ospreay versus – was it Ospreay? Yeah, it was Ospreay. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Uh, not we, Ospreay. Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay wrestled – Oh, Eddie Dennis. So there was a Rev Pro oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got that recommended to me because Eddie's my guy. So so I'm going to check that Rev Pro show out. The Big Japan New Year show finally got uploaded. I have that on my list. 
And somebody said I need to watch the Ganbari Pro show that's up, or at least the main oh event, because they <laughs> okay. uploaded the main event. Um, but here's the how best thing. You, people... How about you watch that one for me and let me know? Because, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch that one. So. I think the main event got uploaded separately, too. But here's the thing. I love when people recommend, when they tell me, oh, you got to watch this, because if it stinks, I get to give them shit. So it, it, I win either way. Either I see a good match or I get to bury someone for uh, making me watch some fucking bullshit, which... Um, which may happen. So I have a lot on my list. I'll probably have all that watched by next week. As far as the Dragon Gate, I, I went back and watched the two Dragon Gate Corkins from the, the 11th and the 12th. So that was the unit disband, which was on the 11th or on the first show, whichever date it was. And then they did the title change with Shun Skywalker and Yoshioka. Did you see any of this? I saw the um, unit disband match. Um, I did not yet watch the Shun Skywalker uh, uh, Yoshioka match, though. All right. Well, I'll start with that. So uh, Skywalker wins the title. Um, It was he really dominated most of the match. Like he he okay. So he was like the sole survivor in the unit disband, right? Skywalker. So he got the big push the, the 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 day before leading into this title match against Yuki Yoshioka. Right, right, right. And and it was weird to me because he kind of took a lot of the title match and the match was almost a half hour long, but Yoshioka didn't get a ton and they didn't have like the typical hot you go, I go closing stretch. Shun just beat him. And the match was dull as dirt. I mean, I'm not a big Yuka Yoshioka guy to begin with with but this would to me was and but i've given him credit when he's had good you know title matches i think the last one we watched i i i said i liked this was boring as shit um was 30 minutes of staring at my fucking watch and having to put my phone across the room because i was too compelled to keep looking at my phone i wasn't paying attention to the match um didn't like it thought it was boring but I'm glad the title's off Yoshioka because I don't like him. Everybody knows I don't like him. Um, I just think the guy is very boring. I think he's like, all right, so you know when like Yamato would be the Dreamgate champion and he would, Yamato was never to me a great Dreamgate Right, right. He'd be because, awesome and then to win that title and then feel like he has to have boring 25-minute main event style matches and that's not where he excelled. Yuki Yoshioka to me is like a more boring Yamato. I just, I don't like the guy. I, I just can't get into him. So I'm glad they put the title back on Shun. But Shun is doing this like psychopath gimmick. And he really turned it up a notch here too. He was doing like this weird maniacal laughter slash mating call dick gimmick during this matter. He just kept making these weird sounds and, you know, ho ho lungs, putting it over on commentary. And I don't know. I just not. Man, I'm trying. I watched these two Corkins. I am not feeling this company. I just cannot get into it. I took people's advice and decided to watch the Corkins and watch anything that drops and not just the big shows. Because I agree, sometimes big show atmosphere can be a little dry and not a proper representative of what the company is. But, and there was some good stuff on these Corkins. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that um, there wasn't some fun, entertaining stuff, but. That title change did absolutely nothing for me. Um, you know, if Yushioka just went away, I, let me tell you something, wouldn't mind at all. Wouldn't miss that guy in the least. 
If he decides to get a job as an accountant and never wrestle again, I'm just not into him. And uh, the unit disband, it was a was a fun little match, but and you had warned me that it wasn't anything great. Um, I think it was you. Was it you who told me that it wasn't anything? Yeah, I told you like because I was trying to recommend you. You were like, I don't know. if It was last week before the show, and you were like, I don't know if I have time to watch it. And I was like, you know what? I I do. I'll watch it. I'll let you know. And I was like, ah, Joe, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you haven't loved Dragon Gate lately. I don't think you're gonna love this one. And yeah, you probably came away with it a lot like I did. It was it was interesting because it was frenetic and guys were getting eliminated quickly. It just didn't have the same gravitas that a lot of those units disband matches have. It just felt like it, it felt very gimmicky and quick and fast. And when it was done, I was just kind of like, ah, all right. I mean, the, the end result was let's get Shun Skywalker over. But, you know, usually those units disband matches are like, oh, my God, here we go. It's just it's just brimming with emotion and stakes and energy. And it just didn't have that. And it was fine. It was OK. But like, yeah, if you, if you didn't watch, if you're if you're not invested in, in, in current Dragon Gate and you just plopped in because you heard it was units to span match, like you're probably coming away with like, I, what's the deal here? I, I don't understand. No, you so. know, well, it, it's it's Zebrats and high end. We're not talking blood generation and typhoons. I mean, <laughs> sure. I, oh, I get you know, it. I, mean, I know. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, and I guess yeah. they understood that they didn't need to have that sort of style of of because uh, nobody really cares that much about these units so uh they got in they got out so yeah that's a quick that's uh, gotta be the I, I don't i don't know if maybe the open the voice gate guys uh talked about it or, or, or ran the numbers but that feels like that's got to be the quickest unit to span match ever i think it was over in look 14 minutes I th- look i i didn't hate it i thought it was fun and it told a nice little story catch torah comes back as a big surprise you know and and, and all that so Look, I, and he got a bunch of eliminations, I think, in the middle portion of the match. So um, it was fun. You know, look, these shows weren't bad. You know, I, I just, I'm waiting for Dragon Gate to reel me in the way it has in, in the past. And I'm still waiting. So, and maybe with a new champion, but I kind of been down on June too, to be honest. Like, I used to love that guy. And he's still obviously a tr- great wrestler. I mean, don't get me wrong. I just... I don't know. There's just a lot going on in this company that doesn't connect with me. So I'm going to be the Debbie Downer with Dragon Gate once again um, with my little mini review of those Corkins. Um, Tajiri officially announced he's going to Kyushu Pro. Kyushu Pro. Yeah, I think do. I have. Sorry, go ahead. Awkward. We're waiting for, we're waiting for the, who, the other guy to talk. That's <laughs> where connection is. Go ahead. Take the, take the mm-hmm. floor. It's yours. All I was going to say is Tajiri announced he signed with Kyushu Pro and that I think somebody sent me a show, but I'm not sure because it's all in Japanese and I don't know what show it is. So I may or may not watch a Kyushu Pro show. There you go. I think uh, the- <laughs> sometime this week. Um, uh, I thought the interesting thing about the Kyushu Pro uh, 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 announcement was them saying, hey, if you're a young American wrestler, a young overseas wrestler, like contact us. Let's talk. Let's do this. I thought that was interesting. I, I don't know why I thought, but it just kind of was like, oh, okay, oh, all right. Like, I guess they're 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 trying to expand. And we've heard some people say that they're they're this is an actual effort that they're going to make to try to expand and get people from overseas and get who knows. I mean, I, who the hell knows what they're actually going to do and, and and if they're actually going to you know see through that. But uh, you know, Sajiri is there and in Kyushu Pro. Um, I now have to. Uh, I'll admit that I've never watched a Kyushu Pro match, but uh, you know I, I'm going to follow them on all my uh, on my various networks, and uh, and we'll see. I'm not going to say we're we're a Kyushu Pro show just yet, but uh, you know, got to keep one eye on the Kyushu now, right? Not really. No, you probably don't. But one thing one thing about Tajiri is he's a pretty good talent scout. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's and that seems like what they're doing with this whole thing is like them saying, "Come on, if you're a, a, you know an American or overseas wrestler, we're, we'll get you a visa. We'll work. You know, we'll we'll train you. Whatever." Honestly, if Tajiri's the guy, you know, I, I'll go. I'll, if I've got nothing going on, man, I'll I'll go train with Tajiri for a little bit. Why not? Right. So. I tried to log out and log back in and we're still on like a time delay. Wrap this show up, Rich, because <laughs> I right, cannot communicate with you like this. We're we're trying our we're trying our best, but like I'm talking and I'm stopping talking, and then you don't hear me talk until like four seconds later, and then um yeah, so wrap it up, Rich. All right, so we're done here. Uh, that is it for the flagship. We're almost out. Of, we're almost out of time anyway, so that works out perfectly. Flagship Patreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Plenty of great stuff up there for you right now. Uh, I got the piece that I wrote about Jay Briscoe. Uh, you got the Thursday Diner reviews from, uh, uh, including a very long uh, discussion about Jay Briscoe and his life and all that sort of stuff. That is in there. In addition to that, we also have some stuff that's not depressing. We have the match of the week uh, this week Hulk Hogan versus Rene Goulet. Uh, from Maple Leaf Wrestling, that's there. I'm currently working my way through some Royal Rumbles as well in the Rumble Rewind series that I like to do every single January. So we got that. Finishing up the flagship awards, you got Executive of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, some other stuff up there uh, right now. But plenty, plenty of content available on the $5 tier and the $10 tier. Uh, again, at flagshippatreon.com and patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Also, our Discord, voiceswrestling.com slash Discord. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can do so there. Uh, stay tuned for a lot of match of the year content coming up in the next week as well. Uh, polls, uh, the ballot will close this Sunday. So if you are a wrestling media member, if you're a podcaster, a reporter, a writer, a vlogger, whatever, if you're in the wrestling media, and no, Twitter doesn't count. Bantering on Twitter does not count. Bantering on Reddit does not count. You must be a part of some sort of website or have your own blog or have your own podcast or have your own YouTube channel or whatever. But if you are one of those, contact us either on Twitter, on Discord, however you want to do it. Also, match of the year, or, or, or I should say M-O-T-Y at VoicesOfWrestling.com, the email address, M-O-T-Y at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Say, hey, I want a ballot. Here's what I do. Here's my website, and I will get one to you. But the ballots will close on Sunday, Sunday night. So make sure if you are listening to this, get it to me as soon as possible, and I can send you a ballot. But after Sunday, no new ballots, no new votes come in. We lock it down, and we come up with the results. But uh, yeah, if you're a wrestling media member and you're listening to this and you have not voted yet, that is how you do so. So just contact us any way you can, uh, and we will uh, get you a ballot as soon as possible and uh, hopefully get you involved uh, in the voting this year. We are, I think, going to break our record yet again of voters. We do it pretty much every single year, uh, and we are well, well, well on our pace um, to, to, to get there again this year. So we appreciate that. And yeah, as I said, a lot of content coming up next week uh, related to match of the year. But that is it for us. That is show. I am Rich. We will talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines, and we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry every week on the Voice of Wrestling Network. 